Chew. A lovely Friday morning here in Baltimore. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. Griffin, of course, is with us. MC Ernest is here, and it's Friday. So our chief grand poobah, Stan the Fan Charles, has joined us in the studio once again. Great to see you, sir. Ooh, we need, we do need Stan's microphone. We will need that. Good yes. to see you. Good to see you and the guys. Yeah. It's they a, keep me young. It's a much more pleasant day to be doing this than uh, if things had continued going the way they were in the first half last night, in which case this would have been a very unpleasant show to do on a Friday. But, um, boy, I... The Ravens look so good in the second half last night. Yeah. Stan, I'm I'm in a place, and I tried talking about this last night on The Fan, which is I, I think it's easy to undersell and to say, hey, look, the Buccaneers stink. Um, they're a mess, and Tom Brady doesn't look right, and all of those things. I still think this was a really good win for the Ravens last night. Winning a road game on a Thursday night anywhere in the NFL is very difficult to do. You and I talked about that when we made our picks this week. Um, we're inclined to give the nod to home teams on Thursday night. Winning a game in which you lost your two top offensive targets uh, in the first half, in which you looked like a complete mess in the first half of the game, I, I think that was an outstanding win for the Ravens last night. The second half was uh, vintage uh, Ravens over the last three, four years. Uh, really interesting uh, reading Bo Smoker's article, he makes an excellent point uh, about why they threw the ball so much in the first half uh, because the uh, Buccaneers', Buccaneers yeah, secondary is depleted. Um, Richard Sherman almost sort of said after the game, and I know Griffin and I were talking about it, didn't he? He basically he hit home the points. It was almost as if the Ravens just said, Let's experiment with a bunch of stuff in the first half because uh, right. we can beat this team. And in the second half, they said, let's go back to what we do. And <laughs> Which just, is a weird thing to do in an NFL game. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can hear Richard Sherman, and certainly you know, he, would have, he would have knowledge of, of if teams trying to do that. But, boy, if that was really what you were thinking, I, I think you deserve to lose in those situations. Like, if you're just out there messing around – and you end up falling behind by three scores in the first half because you just feel like messing around and seeing what, but my God. Um, look, whatever the reasoning was, I, Stan, I've said a billion times, and I know that Bo... What, what was the score at the half? They weren't down. Three. No, they weren't. That's okay. what I'm saying. But if you, if you end oh, up, no. because you're messing around, yeah. because you're just trying things, and let's see if... It, I, we're so confident. We have so much hubris mm -hmm. about what we're capable of doing that all of a sudden you end up screwing up big time and you fall behind by a bunch. I mean, the Buccaneers certainly had a chance to punch in another touchdown when they went down and got the field goal on their yep. second drive. Um, I, what I, look, the idea, and I heard it from a lot of people, the, the Buccaneers secondary is depleted. This is the game for the Ravens to open things up. I, I don't know how to say this. There are no games for the Ravens to open things up this season. That's not who they are. They didn't go out and get pass catchers this offseason. They didn't build an offense – Greg Roman is not that guy. He's not. We know that. And you can be mad that Greg Roman's still the offense coordinator, and plenty of you are, but he is. That's not the plays that he calls. He does one thing, does it extraordinarily well. I don't know why you would ever change who you are based on what you know the injury situation is for another team. For what it's worth, a week ago, as I kept pointing out to everybody, the Buccaneers also allowed both Donta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, who in fairness I know are two of the greatest running backs in NFL history. 
the I mean, literally, you think about Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, Jim Brown, Walter Payton. Chuba Hubbard. Exactly right. right. It's just the way that you think about it. They better allowed, than much better than Lenny Moore. Oh, so. by far. Yeah. By far. Thurman Thomas, who's that? Yeah. Chuba Hubbard and Donta Foreman allowed both of those guys to rush for over seven yards a carry a week ago. The Ravens ran the ball incredibly well a week ago, so I'm yeah. not really sure why there would have ever been a thought to let's throw the ball 34 times in the first half. You know, part of it might have been, seriously, if if the Players Association weren't, weren't part of this compact uh, between NFL management that has insisted upon these Thursday night games, and they, let's face it, they now are part of the furniture. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they are some horrible football, like in the first half. They tend to be. It, I mean, schlock. it was just it, it's just watching those players try and exert a burst. It just isn't there four days after playing a game, and maybe that was sort of some of their thinking: is Hey, we got Gus Edwards. He's coming back from an injury. Let's let's go easy. Let's see. Maybe we can run run a couple scores up mm -hmm. but but the thought process in the first half was so staggeringly bad it just uh, it was i the thing i really didn't again we have a hardball going for for it on fourth down mm -hmm. in the first half and and I, what i couldn't understand without mark andrews on the field right but what i couldn't understand is they didn't go for the first down what yard line were they on and the eight what, i want to say they, eight or I mean, ten. yeah it wasn't were, like it was from no the they two didn't or three. need to score a touchdown right. in order to convert I, I just didn't understand that at all i was sort of blowing my i, I was really ticked off that they weren't just taking the three points because it felt like this is going to be a very tight game to me. Yeah, I, the argument is always, well, they, you know, they needed a touchdown. I'm like, I'm not sure what you saw that made you think you needed a touchdown. Right, so they there. were never out of the game. Correct. Or it was like a one-score game at that point right. with two full quarters to play. And again, I would probably feel differently if you had Mark Andrews, or at least be more willing to consider it right. if you had Mark Andrews. It's the two-minute warning of the first half. I didn't. I didn't see anything that said that that was something you needed to do in that moment. Now, again, thankfully, it didn't end up hurting. Wait a minute, who him. did they throw? Who did they throw the ball to? I, I think Demarcus. Was, was it Demarcus Robinson? Yeah, I believe I it was Demarcus Robinson. Robinson. He, was, he got a lot of targets. I thought it was. I thought it was Andrews. No, Andrews was off the field at that okay. point. He got. He got like hurt halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. And he was off the field for the rest of the game. Look, all that being said, whatever it took, whatever it took for them to get into the locker room and say, "Okay, we." <laughs> We tried that. Right, right. We're going to try something different. That, that was kind of nuts. Mm -hmm. Maybe we do anything else here in the second yeah. half. Um, that's what it took. And a lot of times we criticize the Ravens over their adjustments. We criticize them over how they played in the second half this season. They were nails in the second half that last was, night. That was they were probably, even including when they ran the score up against the Dolphins, I was more impressed last night with how they just gashed uh, the, the Buccaneers, who were clearly, because of the amount of time they were on the field, their defense yeah, they was were spent. just spent. They were no spent, question. 100%. By the way, who is the guy, I still don't have their team down on, on Amazon, who's the big, he looks like he was a former offensive. Andrew Whitworth. Uh, is that Andrew mm -hmm. Whitworth? He mentioned that, uh, that Ronnie Stanley left the game or something was yeah. he just not aware that they rotate rotate them, yeah rotate them in because i i will i don't watch every play to see that ronnie stanley's in at the half he goes yeah they also 
I, I don't know if he used the word lost him, but didn't I have go, him, yeah, yeah, they, they, something like Stanley left the game, and then all of a sudden in the middle of the third quarter, right. there's Stanley leading right. the charge on that one big run. Correct. Um I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what was going on. Yeah. I don't know if Andrew Whitworth was unaware, or if it was just he was trying to bring up one particular play or something along those lines. That is a lousy broadcast. By it the way. does very little. By the way, uh, so I'm, did you watch on Amazon or did you watch on Channel Two? I last watched night? on Amazon. You watched on Amazon. Yeah. So I watched on Channel Two last night, and right. I happened to be. Um, your nephew called in yesterday, right? And so then we spent the entire day texting back and forth, and he was having a couple of pops up in New York last night right. at a bar, and was texting me, and it became very clear to me that they had the Amazon broadcast on, and it was about a play and a half ahead of what I was watching on Channel Two. So it's when, always for great. So it always makes for great. Yeah, texting. correct. So when he's texting me with twelve exclamation points, likely, I'm like, huh. Did well, they report on the, on the WMAR broadcast? Did they report that the Lindbergh baby was found? Yeah, that's great news. <laughs> yeah. I was very excited to yeah. hear about it. Um, it was really wonderful yeah. that it worked out that way. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed by that. And then at the end of the game, when we were trying to start post game over on the fan. I just kept saying to the boys in the other room, I'm like, hey, we got to wait for the onside kick. We just have to make sure the Ravens right. recover the onside kick. Right. But I'm watching. And, like, we're in a commercial break. They're like, do we need to extend the commercial break? I'm like, guys, I don't know. I'm three plays behind. Right. You're going to have to tell me when they recover the onside <laughs> kick so we can start the postgame show last night. So that was a bit annoying in the ABC2 presentation. Appreciate them making it an option for everybody in town to be able to watch the game that can't figure out Amazon Prime. Were they, were they just airing the Amazon bro broadcast? Yes, on, it was oh, just okay. the Amazon okay. broadcast that was being sent over the air, but it was apparently being sent over the air play behind yeah, two that may be behind. that may be part of their deal is that it has yeah, to be behind delayed or yeah, something like yeah. that i don't i don't know i don't know what the rules are it was unfortunate there was also a strange sound in the background of the broadcast that sounded like the game simon remember the do 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 no. that you remember that game know. you know that game micah knows that how do you how do you know that game you're the youngest of everybody here um the, there was these i swear noises in the background of the broadcast and i like i it was it was almost became a howard hughes situation for me i was almost ready to start peeing in bottles in the studio last night because i was being driven insane yeah. by the simon sounds in the background of the broadcast from tampa all that being said it's a great win great it's win a for the really yeah. really good win and i would i would at least hope maybe gets people to settle down a little bit this was an ugly week after the Ravens won last week against Cleveland. There was a lot of angst, angst, vitriol, despite the fact the Ravens were 4-3, and three, despite the fact they were in first place, despite the fact they had won their football game on Sunday. There was a lot of ugliness around town this week. I think a lot of that will be settled by just how good they looked in the second half yesterday. And clearly, you know, if you're a Greg Roman hater, it's a, it's a tough time. It's tough to sell your Greg Roman hate this morning after his second half. What was especially impressive is with this is without Andrews, without Bateman, Deshaun Young, uh, Deshaun uh, Jackson wasn't on the field for the game, wasn't in, uh, suited up. Um, this was uh, Isaiah Likely's coming out party yep. in the regular season, very much so, and uh, Duvernay. Really played a, a, just a Duvernay terrific, continues. Yeah. Duvernay is not a star, but what he is is very unique. I would, 
I, I, I would compare him to a Dexter McCluster type, and I know that seems like you're underselling him because he didn't have that type of career. Right. I think Duvernay has the ability to have a better type of career, but the guy that can do so many different things within an offense, not necessarily the guy that's ever going to be a thousand yard receiver or yeah, but, but a guy. He's, but he's also returning the punch, exactly returning right. the kickoffs, well, and, and make, making plays out of the backfield. And it's really necessary to have that third guy. You know, to to Andrews and Bateman, it's necessary to have the third guy that's that you gotta have some attention to defensively. And last night they sprung two guys. You know, so suddenly in two weeks when they play, and hopefully Bateman is back uh, because they don't play again until a week Mon- from Monday. Yes, correct. In New Orleans, then they have the bye, and then they have Carolina. The schedule's really sort of. Um, Yes, it's very favorable it's very at the favorable. moment for them. In fact, they mentioned during the broadcast, they don't play another team with a winning record right Until now. Cincinnati. Until Cincinnati. the Correct. last game of the season. But, but the idea that in two weeks when they play again against New Orleans, that they could have Andrews, Bateman, likely Duvernay, Marcus Rob- Demarcus Robinson also mm-hmm. played a key role. Hopefully, in Gus Edwards is good yeah. and and yeah. is ready to play in that game. Yes, yeah. it, it it all of it is very encouraging about the trajectory of this football team. And again, helps to ease your nerves after some up and down. I think it was a critical second half. Yeah. Um, John checks in this morning. I thought in the game plan initially was to pass on the Bucks depleted secondary. Props to them for making the change and dominating on the ground. You have to be able to at least attempt to throw the ball. You're not winning a Super Bowl and running. I have two thoughts to that, John. Like, I, th- There's a big difference. A lot of people were, 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 were saying this to me throughout the week. Again, I'm going to keep coming back to... That's it's just not who you are. And there's a big difference between saying, hey, let's take some chances against a depleted secondary and calling 34 pass plays to five run plays in a half. If you're the best passing offense in football, those numbers are insane. That's insane. Again, 30 pass attempts plus Lamar Jackson was sacked twice, Twice, plus he ran the ball twice in pass situations. 34 pass plays were called to five run plays. All of the well, they wanted to take care. That that's insane. That's that's malpractice. That's insanity for the numbers to be that much. Picking your spots and saying, "Hey, we might throw the ball a little bit more than we typically would." No problem. Thirty-four to five is unjustifiable in any. Yeah, I agree. Like it's 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 borderline criminal that that was the way the first half played out. I I couldn't believe that those were the numbers when we got to halftime. Now, again, I get it. They, they got the ball a couple times late, and they were throwing the ball, and it, it padded some of those numbers. Right. But five run plays called in a half? Five? And, it, and they looked – it looked like uh, Todd Bowles was using the playbook that the Chargers used in the playoffs and the Bills used. They were just mm-hmm. on Jackson immediately on everything. And the way you Well, it also to, helps. Vita Vea uh, is, is such an unbelievably athletic yeah, defensive yeah, tackle. Yeah. Like, that, that helps them a yeah, great deal. Yeah. He, but uh, but it, it, uh, it showed that, that obviously when you're getting rushed like that, the one way you get rid of the rush is either screen passes or running the football. And, and, and they just started running. Running the, the ball combined with getting the ball quick out of Lamar Jackson's yeah. hands. It clearly, it, look, it was a clinic in the second half. Yeah. It was a clinic of exactly what a Greg Roman offense is capable of being 200 yards on the ground in the second in, half. In the second half. 200 yards 
on the ground in the second half. And I know Lamar had a couple of big runs in there himself, um, but RPO types of runs in the second half. I made a fortune at Live Casino. I because had you had over, the over on rushing over yards in the rushing second yards, half. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. I uh, beat it did you, by 150 yeah, yards. Yeah, right. Did you parlay it with anything? No. No, no all right. No. We'll still take the win. I'm the wins, not, I only I, parlay in baseball. Really? That's where, that's where I parlay. I, I missed the only bet I had on last night's game. I had Gus Edwards as an anytime touchdown scorer. So curse Devin Duvernay for taking away the only rushing touchdown from De- Gus Edwards. If you are looking for the best place to watch and bet on every game, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland and the FanDuel Sportsbook is the place. And Stan, I don't know if you heard, but starting this week, they now have cash-out options for your parlay bets. So you go make a parlay bet at Live Casino and Hotel. First couple of legs hit, and you start to feel a little bit queasy maybe about one of the other legs on your parlay bet. You take that ticket up to the self-service kiosk there you scan it and they're going to let you know what you could cash that ticket out for and then you have the choice as to whether or not you want to take that offer or let that parlay bet ride that is now available in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland cash out options on your parlay bets not same game parlay bets you can't do it with but traditional parlay bets first couple of legs come together or even, let's say you make an expensive parlay bet and you start to feel a little bit rough even about the first leg, they might still offer you some of your money back on the parlay bet and you say, hey, let me cut my losses because I'm about to lose I'm about to lose $500. Maybe I could only instead lose $200. I'll call that a win. Those options are now available in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Is this where Kevin Hart would... Uh they let you do that. They let you do that. Woo, yes, one hundred percent. He's not. He's not with Fanduel. Oh, you know. that's right. Oh. <laughs> that's right. We'll uh, we'll let it slide. Any. We'll let it slide anyway. Uh, from Dave. Dave says, Glenn, are we confident that Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman are back for the New Orleans game? Is it possible it's better to just let them rest through the bye and have everyone back for the Carolina game? A little, little early to be I, even I agree, projecting Stan. that. I you completely. Know, let's, let's see what the nature of the injuries are. I, I couldn't. Yeah. It's li- almost you took the words out of my mouth at that point. Dave, I get the question, and it's something that we'll probably think about and they'll think about. I've said this a million times before. We have this belief that like football players or athletes are a percentage, like they're Mortal Kombat characters. Like there's a bar that says this is how much life they have in them in a certain week, and we say things like, "Well, if they're not if they're not at least eighty percent, you just hold them out and you don't play." It's just not the way that it works. Football players, no matter the circumstances, are either healthy enough to play or they're not. Like that's the way that we keep trying to think that there's some percentage number that we can plug a charger in. Like it was Russell Wilson, and figure out exactly where they are health wise. And it's, I just, I never understood the way we talk about it. Either you're healthy enough to play a football game, or you're not healthy enough to play a football game. And they'll make the decision based on that. The idea that they'll just assume that they can run anybody on the field and go beat the Saints in 10 days? Stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop. Oh, we don't need those guys. Like, even if they can play, let's just sit them out. Nah, we'll, and that we'll, game is on Monday. Correct. A it's week Monday, from this a, Monday. A week from this Monday. Correct. The World Series will be over by then. We'll now. be over by then. Absolutely. No matter what, even if it goes seven games, uh, yeah. game seven would be next Saturday. So. so, one other thing the defense, and we can get into talking about Tom yep. Brady finally. Finally. I mean, I've been saying it for about six years that he was looking old to me. 
uh, he finally really does look old. Yes, he does. I don't disagree with that. But, I, I, but, I had a couple people chime in on the postgame show about yeah. that, that, like, you know, yeah, the defense played well, but what really helped was Tom Brady's it decline. It did help. There's no question about that. But what I was going to ask you, the defense looked a little better, and there could be more good news on the defense when they when they take the field. You want to explain to people how, what the situation so, with Bowser? So yeah, when 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 they activate you from the pup list, they create a, or a uh, they create a twenty one day window. Um, you can practice for twenty one days, but at the end of that window, either you have to be put on season ending IR or you have to be activated to play. So they didn't have to act that put start Tyus Bowser's clock when they did. They could have kept waiting for a little while to start right. Tyus Bowser's clock. You assume. They started the clock when they did. If there was any risk that he wasn't going to be ready by the end of the 21 days, you presume they would have gone ahead and said, we're going to wait a little bit longer in order to get you out on the field because whenever we can get you, that's more important than being put on IR. There is some possibility. So the clock's going to come up, and he's going to have to be activated either for the New Orleans game or right. put on IR. Right. Presumably, and then he'd be out for the rest of the season. Correct. If, if there was any risk that he was going to be out for the season, they wouldn't have started his clock. So unless there's been some setback that we're unaware of after he started practicing, this would be the game that he would be activated for, for what it's worth. And Stan and I were talking about this before the game. There is the possibility, this goes back to the looking at the schedule and looking at the bye. Right. There's some possibility they activate Tyus Bowser for the New Orleans game. Doesn't play. But he doesn't dress. But they just make him inactive for the game, and that's a scenario they could say, hey, we can buy ourselves. Then they get another week of buying time. Exactly. Literally buying Exactly time. right. But I, I still don't know why you would have started the clock when you did if you were worried that, that you didn't have to start the 21-day window then. So they're pretty – they're highly confident that he will – he will, or the scenario you said, that will make him inactive for worst, one game. Worst-case scenario to me would be he doesn't play against New Orleans because it buys them two more weeks to get him ready for Carolina. Now, what, but about, what about the number two? Ajabo, pick, Ajabo. Same, same, same clock. Okay, same but clock. he's not active yet. Not I yet. Mean, he, he hasn't been – No, he was – his. His clock started His clock the same started week as Tyus Bowser's. Remember, okay. they both got on the practice okay. field that week. Okay. So clock is the same for David Ajabo. Again, it's easy for us to say they'll be activated that week. Yeah, I think they both will. It's just a question of whether or not they actually play. There were guys on the field last night that I don't think the Ravens are fully. Devon Kennard. I know, uh, Griffin, you also hit the parlay bet of both Devon Kennard and A.J. Klein having TFLs last night, correct? Yeah, but he's doubling down. He parlayed it again on Chubba Hubbard. Oh, my. Well, he is one of the greatest running backs in football history, for what it's worth. So I don't know if I hate that bet. By the way, have a good how, name, though. How, Chubba Hubbard. Is it's, uh, it's Chuba. It's Chuba, it's Chuba, Chuba, it's Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard. But I do like Chubby Hubby better. I'm yeah. not I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> old Chubby Hubby? Yeah, the old Chubby Hubby. <laughs> um, by the way, how insane is it that uh, six days ago we were convinced they were definitely the worst team in all of football, and if they win this weekend, they're, they're, winning, yeah, they're in the first place. Division. They're in first place. Who's, uh, who's that? Carolina. Carolina. They're in first place? Yes. If, if they win. If, if they, they win. beat Atlanta on Sunday, they're in first place in the NFC South. By themselves. They may have been a little hasty in benching getting rid of, uh, uh, Christian Baker McCaffrey Mayfield and, yeah, and sure. getting rid of Christian McCaffrey. Well, um, that was that, maybe that was the answer. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Maybe that's all they needed to do. That's all it took. They, well, they had to get the, the, the old chubby hubby. They had to get that guy on the field a bit more often in order for it to be uh, where they are. I it, We were joking about it at the, the station last night. The Buccaneers, for as bad as it looks right now, they're still the favorites to win the NFC South. 
They might be a 7-10 and 10 division winner, but right. they're still the favorites to win the division because the division, what we thought the NFC East was going to be this year, is exactly what the NFC South has proven to be. All right, Stan, are, are you going to play Pats on the Ass with us uh, this I morning? Can, I can. All right, when I we can. come back in. It seems in, like a fairly, I mean, it doesn't look like it's a, you, too you, high for you my th- pay grade. You think that until yeah. you start seeing the responses. Right. And everybody's struggling with the rules for Pats on the Ass. You have to have at least two of one side of the ball. Have to have two offensive players, two defensive players. MC Ernest, you want in for for Pats on the Ass? You want to contribute a a list of players? Sure. Think think about it during the commercial break. We'll go around the room. Two offensive players, two defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you would like. Another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach can go on the list. You take those five. Once you pick who your five are, rank them from five to one. Ascending order, number one is your man of the match. I, I got one other question. You, yeah. Griffin, you were watching it on, on uh, Amazon. Amazon, yes. Yeah. Did I miss something? They were promoting this little baby video <laughs> oh, yeah. that was that was dropped at 9 o'clock, but it would be repeated it, well, at 12 it was, o'clock. It was 9 p.m. Pacific time, so right. it was midnight It was midnight Eastern time. Okay, but and I literally, I said, let me hang in here a few min- more minutes I, on that. I really love the fact that you were, you were well, waiting for the say, little yeah, baby. And there, it never came. No? no? Yeah, yeah. I think you, I guess you had to switch off to another, like you were changing shows. I, so you had to like, you had to back out. Yeah, so I, I never on it. Amazon. Yeah, yes, yeah. So I never watched. I it just either. wanted to listen. If, to, if it had came on after the post game, I would have. I just wanted to listen to Al Michaels. Okay, I realize I'm 70 years old. That is really very piss poor the way they promote. Yes, they that. could definitely do a better job with that. But Jeez, I still got to hear Al Michaels say two chains multiple little times. Little baby, little baby. <laughs> Which I got to be honest with you, that was great. <laughs> but you hire was, one of the great announcers of all time. He he is. I won't put him in the Tom Brady. Brady class that he's fading, but listening to him have to promote the Eagles Texans game a hundred a hundred must have been times. yeah a hundred. I get there's less for Amazon to promote than like NBC, right? And I know that we always made fun of Al Michaels. They could have the, promoted. They could have promoted how you find the little baby yeah, video at the end. Little of the baby, game. you have to actually get out of the game. And go to another. I, I also know. miss Al Michaels talking about La Brea for some reason. Right. <laughs> it was a part of the joy that I got. All right, Pat's on the ass next. Then Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, will join us. Still to come this morning, my old pal Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback. We're going to talk some Ravens with him, but also he's now a radio host. Uh, he does mornings in Houston on 790. So we're going to preview the World Series with him as well. I bet. Hey, can we preview the Eagles? We, the Texans take game. I don't know if you heard. It's on Thursday Night Football next week. I feel like nobody got that note. Um, uh, that will all be coming up this morning. Also this morning, Jalen Smith is going to join us, uh, the pride of Mount St. Joe and the University of Maryland. The Pacers are in D.C. tonight to play the Wizards, so Jalen Smith's going to take a couple of minutes for us today as well. That's all coming up. Stand the Fan is here. It is Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5544. Or two.
two. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show too. Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles is here, hanging out with us on a Friday edition of the program, Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box. Today's show is also brought to you, or actually, you know what, Stan, why don't you mind everybody, you had uh, two really good shows this week. We did. Mike Boddicker, right? Mike Boddicker on Monday night, we had a really good time, Mm -hmm. Ross Grimsley and I with Mike Boddicker. Joe Battaglia. And Joe Battaglia, the head coach, the uh, son, the young son of the late Buzz Battaglia, who was a really popular figure no around these parts, especially known aside from his auto parts business mm-hmm. that he had at one time, which was called Metro Auto Parts. At Metro but, Auto Parts. Metro right. Auto Parts. But then he went to the old man at Salvo Coach Buzz Auto here. Yeah. God, I could. I growing up as I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail you, Stan. That's all right. But growing up as a kid, I always knew I wanted to get into this business, right? And you so wanted I had to do spots for but Salvo I, Auto. Parts. I would listen obsessively, yeah. and I it's would Coach Buzz. Coach Buzz here, like I was all over it. Yeah. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, but they went. To, I don't really remember his name. The old man Salvo, who was Buzz's chief competitor, yeah, with Metro Auto Parts, and when Metro went out, it it really did it went bankrupt. Um, 
the old man Salvo found a place for Buzz to come in. Not only come in, but putting him in that yep. situation where he's doing the ads speaks very highly of the Salvo folks who are still in business. Uh, but Buzz ran with it, you know, for probably 12, 15 years. No question. Yeah. No question. Great the guy. So his son, Buzz, and I, I don't, it's so cliched to say somebody's uh, dad who's passed away is looking down, smiling. But I know Buzz would be so proud of Joe, what he's accomplished. You know, Griffin so is the voice of Concordia Prep football. I know. You know, that's the. I, I, had I known that beforehand, I would have booked. Yeah, Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, right. Yeah. To do the to do the show with you. Yeah, that was, was yeah. nice of Gary to give me a drop my give me a name drop in there. Give oh, me a shout out look at the, that. The show. That yeah. was cool. He so, shouted out AC Sports and, and Griffin Bass. Yeah. So, uh, and so Miles Goodman as well. Two great shows. Yeah, that's right. Yes. You do the games with our friend Miles Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, so two great shows available right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressbox.com, or pressboxonline.com slash video, or youtube.com slash pressbox. Concordia online. homecoming tomorrow against, ah. uh, against Boys Latin. Okay. I'll be, I'll be on the call, or there you can come you out to the game. There you either, go. Either one. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. All right, Stan, um, we are indoctrinating you. This is your first time participating with us for Pats on the Ass, and we'll let MC Ernest play along as well. Probably be my only time. Although, no, wait a minute. I'm sitting in for you on a Monday. Yeah, but they're playing on Monday night. Uh, yeah, so right? So, yeah, really. Can't, yeah, we do that that, was, can't we do that like a you preempted like, like who no, we, who we you like think? do a predictive. I, you know what? I'm not. A, and I'm yeah, not you a, could play it. I'm not opposed to yeah, it. You could play and it see back if or, you had any idea what you're talking yeah. about, or we can make yeah. fun of you yeah. relentlessly and say, "Listen to these." Of course, if they lose, we do slaps in the helmet. We don't do pats on the ass if they lose. So that makes it awkward. Um, we we take five Ravens. Two must be offensive. Two must be defensive. The fifth can be whatever you'd like. Then you it's rank like a them. flex position. It's almost like that. Could it be it, a cheerleader? It could, uh, we we try to avoid front office. We try to we try to coach, say coach kick. or player. Coach or player. Coach or player. But it makes it awkward. Like last week, both Justin Tucker and and, and Jordan Stout were legitimate nominees, but yep. we don't allow for a second special teams player to be on the list. Gotcha. So it, it does get a little awkward. We just like to have a little bit more thought involved. Uh, so don't cheat. Get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. But we will begin with ours and. Uh, I'll start with my number five. My number five is safety Geno Stone, who um, I think has been playing. I know uh, Griffin and I. Griffin and I had a highly contentious pats on the ass earlier in the week on Monday that was quite controversial because of somebody he left off of his that was only the best player on the field for the I game. Um, but he put Geno Stone on his list, and Geno Stone has been playing really good football for the last couple of weeks. And last night, again, flying around very much in the middle of things, uh, Geno Stone has had to step in, as Chuck Clark has had to step in for Marcus Williams, Geno Stone has sort of had to step in for Chuck Clark. In his role, Geno Stone's been really good. He's my number five for this week. You want to go next, I'll go Stan? number five. I, and again, I I found out about this this segment that you do right. in the middle of the third quarter ah, last night. That's exactly so I, when I told I, Griffin so to message you, by I the way. I, I, so I, said, that, ve- I said very clearly, actually, t- tell Stan. Actually, no, in, in fairness, he texted me earlier. All right, yes. right. All right. you didn't see but I did not. But I don't okay. like look right. at my text every two seconds. Um, I I saw Kyle Hamilton with, okay. a, pul- with a pulse last night. Okay, uh, and he just he seemed he to be around the ball, night. the ball, and he uh, was in a blitz one time. Uh, so Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Give him a pat on the. I like it. Uh, I like it. Pat on the, on the ass. I like it for ass. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. MC Ernest, you want to go next? Who's your number five? Uh, my, we need. Well, yep. There we go. Sorry. 
Uh, I actually had Geno Stone as well. Well, look at that. Uh, the great yeah. minds. Wait a second. You're not just going to – you don't you, – because you <laughs> no, think I'm grading you, because you think I'm giving you a review for your performance. Well, you're just a great decision. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I thought, he, I thought he was very good last night. All right, Griffin. Uh, I'm going to go with another defensive guy that stepped up. Uh, I felt very big last night. Broderick Washington. You know, I, it was the other guy I was considering yeah. for my fifth spot. Had a, I mean, he, he stepped up. No Calais. He yep. stepped up pretty big. Uh, had a couple, p- couple pass deflections. Uh, his team. Rex arms were giving Tom Brady hell. There's no doubt. Um, um, so I was, thought Broderick Rosh was, was fun to watch. Him. I yeah. thought he was really good. This is the thing about last night. Uh, Andrew Steck and I were joking about this on Twitter last night. Like some weeks, it's very difficult to think of five guys to make the list. This week, it was more difficult to trim the list to five guys. There were uh, so many players that stepped up last night. Uh, my number four is going to be Demarcus Robinson, um, who, again, speaking about trying to slide in, they needed a reliable target on the outside. Demarcus Robinson proved to be. A reliable target on the outside. This was his best game as a Raven by far. Six catches for 64 yards. None bigger than the third down throw where he was bottled up for, I don't know, a a one-yard gain and put that lovely spin move on, got to the sideline on the outside, went and picked up the first down as the Ravens kept the touchdown drive alive. I thought that was one of the bigger plays of the game. Um, I'm not trying to oversell Demarcus Robinson. I still think the Ravens need far better than that at wide receiver. But in a bind, when they needed somebody to step up, and he did play a good game. He played really well last night, so he's my number four. All right, my number four is, and I actually did not know that you grade them four, five four. I just thought it was. Oh, you're just picking five. So yeah, we're ranking. Justin them. Houston would be my number four. Definitely guy. on my yeah. list for yeah. sure. Definitely yeah. on my list. My, uh, had a couple sacks, I believe, and and, and, and made the night a little hard for. Uh, Tom Brady. We can read ahead. He's number three on my list. So, I, you know, my God. You know, he was when, – when they needed somebody to start making game-winning plays, somebody to step up and do something to change momentum, Justin Houston absolutely was the guy late in the first half that was the first sort of Ravens player to kind of come awake on a night where they looked lethargic. Yeah. He was the first guy that really woke up and got this team going. I get it. It still took to the second half for them to build off of it. But I thought when they needed somebody to say, hey, this isn't going to turn into an ugly Thursday night football game. We're not going to let this become a game where we just, hey, we never showed up. It's Thursday night on the road. He was the first guy that stepped up and made really winning football plays last night. And we thought that was big. Micah, you're number four. Yeah, I had Justin Houston at the four for the sole reason of making Tom Brady the most sacked quarterback of all time. You know, I wonder if good point. There, good point. I wonder if there's some small part of Ben Roethlisberger that's actually disappointed that yeah, he loses pro- that record. I, I thought the same thing when I saw it. Like, like he did it in a much shorter time. Period. That's true. He'll always have that. He'll yeah, always like have ten years short. Right. The the on average most sacked quarterback right, of all right. time or yeah. something like that going for. Uh, so I had I had Justin Houston as my three yep. as well. I thought I think he's been our most consistent pass rusher probably all season when he's on the field. I think. I think he I mean he's constantly applying pressure. I feel like he was all he's over been the place. great. Yeah. Yep. Um. And then my number four, I had Lamar Jackson. I mean, second half he was just vintage Lamar. It what we expect. And I mean, he was un- he was pretty much unstoppable. So. Uh, I already Lamar told Jackson you. Four. I already told you Justin Houston's my number three. So we'll just sort of. I, Lamar Jackson's my number two. So you know we're, we're I'm in agreement. I think that he was he looked. I I remember the first three weeks of the season Lamar played so well that. We were trying to find ways to describe what he was doing and why it was different or better, and I kept using the word command. That In those first three weeks of the season, he just felt like he had such incredible command of the offense. And last night in the second half, 
that reminded me of that. He was in charge. Yep. He knew exactly what he wanted to do in every circumstance, got the ball out quickly, made good decisions. Everything in the second half was was perfection from Lamar Jackson. He was my number two. So give me your three and your two, Stan. My three is uh, Duvernay. Okay. Uh, I thought he had a really Did a little important bit of everything. game and yep. added a lot, a lot to the – and then I like Isaiah Likely as my number two. Okay. All right, Micah, three and two. Yeah, I had uh, Lamar at my three, um, just for like the first half. I didn't have him higher, but second half he looked great. And then, like you said, I had Duvernay at the two because he's just kind of like a jack of all trades player. He's great on returns, doing had lot. rushing touchdown, yep. receiving yards. And the one long return probably would have been longer if it weren't for his own guys that were lying on the field in front of him that he had to hurdle over in order to try to get downfield. That probably could have been a forty or fifty yard return. But, you know, his own dudes were lying on the field in front of him, making life a bit a little bit more difficult. So you already gave us your number three, Griffin, right? Yes, yeah. I think my top three probably could be interchangeable. But So I went Houston three, and I went I went with Isaiah Likely as my number two as well. I mean, he was he was great. So for he the record, he's my number one. Isaiah Likely, um, I, I guess just because of expectation versus performance, right? Like, I think a lot of guys were good last night. You can make arguments for a lot of guys. But Isaiah likely to me was the one who raised his game the most last night. That when they desperately needed someone to step up, he was the guy that made the biggest difference as to what our expectations are for him and his performance in the win. So Isaiah likely is my man of the match from last night, and uh, he's my number one on my list. Stan? My number one is Lamar Jackson. You got no problem thought, with that. I thought he played uh, an exceptional second half, and you could you could say – well, what did he do? He was mostly handing the ball off. But that word you use, command, he really seemed like he was he was calm, cool, and collected, which is the thing you kind of worry about with him is he so because he's so helter skelter. He gets the, you know some but, of the, the ball. The way he was firing balls in in the first yeah, half with unnecessary. Yeah, I get it. There weren't a lot of windows, but he was just throwing Randy Johnson fastballs in the first half, and you were. I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. To your point, in the second yeah. half. second half, he was fully in charge, and he was calm and confident, and I like that. You know? I, I also loved, I don't know if we, we talked about it, his fire on the Pat Ricard penalty. I'm utterly and completely good with that. I didn't think it was demonstrative. I don't think he was throwing Pat Ricard under the bus. I think he was vocally saying, "We got, dude, they got 100 yards worth of penalties last night. For everything they did well, 100 yards worth of penalties last night. I got no beef with Lamar Jackson trying to step up and say, I need to be this guy for this team. I need to be the guy that everybody takes their cues from. I need to be the guy that's setting the example, setting the tone. And in that moment, a play that worked, and you knew, I mean, he was he was firing the football out of bounds because he knew ahead of time that the penalty was there. Yep. I had no problem with him showing his anger. I liked seeing that fire from Lamar in that moment with his frustrations. So um, I think Calais Campbell has kind of been the leader for this team, the guy that they, everybody takes their cues from. But look, man, I think that Lamar should be that guy. He should be the guy that's that's calling everybody out and saying we got to be better than this so i i also like that you know just a flip side of that watching brady at this point in his career it seems like everybody else is it's petulance it's It's, petulance yeah it's really that arrogance the hubris that comes out he's got to be he doesn't he wasn't doing it as demonstratively 
There, there was Marlin one play though last night. But he, when, was, yeah, he, was, he he missed a throw three yards in the dirt right. and was screaming, screaming at, the at the receiver. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, maybe the receiver ran the wrong route, yeah. but y- that ball was getting nowhere near yeah. him. Well, that play was called Groundhog. Oh, Groundhog. that makes way more yeah. sense then. Yeah. yeah, he's also a Microsoft tablet's worst nightmare. On That's the true. Line. There is that as well. Uh, Micah, who's number one for you? Uh, my number one was likely um, just seeing a rookie come in for like the easily the number one target on the Ravens when Mark Andrews went down. Um it was good to see a touchdown from him. Excellent. And Griffin? And, uh, so I'm with my number one, I went with another offensive guy, and I think by the end of the game, he was the story of the offense. I mean, you had Isaiah Likely and Lamar Jackson, obviously, and then this guy was right behind him, and he, I think he had a really great second half after handling Vita. Vita Vea was tough tough on him in the first half, so I went oh, Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum, Linderbaum is my number one. He was pancaking guys 20 yards downfield. I, and, I, I was going to mention I was going to mention really, really good in the this offensive half. line is coming together right now. You know, the return of Ronnie Stanley has calmed some things down. Linda Raum has struggled the first yeah. five, six games. And to be able to he's, bounce back. He's been coming on lately. Yeah, yes. after the, the botched snap a, a couple weeks ago yeah. in New York. And, you know, he, I think he had a re- almost flawless game. And yeah, so, Linda Baum, my number one. I have no problem with, you know, number one's aggressive, but I, get, I have no problem with, Saying Tyler Linderbaum played a hell of a game last night and was a big part of the story yeah. of how they got things going offensively, so I'm with it. Did you guys happen to uh, – can you send or give your list to Griffin so that he can include him in what we post? I, I copied it. Oh, you copied it? Wonderful. Yeah. Griffin, yeah. We're gonna, we'll share everyone's we list. Uh, we can give it away. Are you okay with, with us doing that? If somebody's willing to offer a $100 charitable <laughs> donation <laughs> to, to the Stand the Fan Foundation. Stand the Fan Foundation. <laughs> Uh, we will get you an autographed version of Stan's first ever Pats on the Ass list. Actually, my foundation is called the Stan Charles Finishing School for Young Girls. Ah, when you attend I that, think, you've I don't a, think we can make those jokes anymore, Stan. <laughs> I think we have to retire those <laughs> at this point. Um, uh, by the way, I, this is something for you before we get to Bo Smolka. Yes. The Ringer today did an oral history of 20 years ago when Warren Zevon was dying and came to the Letterman Show. And it is one of the great. I spent some time with it this morning, mm-hmm. and I'm not even the biggest Warren Zevon fan. Like I liked Warren Zevon, right? But not like David Letterman. What kind like, of cancer did he have? His throat cancer, if I remember correct. I got it. I, so I go to the ringer. It, the ringer.com. It is very emotional. David Letterman talking about what that night meant to him and why he decided, and the power of yeah. knowing Warren Zevon was dying in that moment mm-hmm. that. They they dedicated the entire show to him. It's a I did not remember. That. It's a really good read. Twenty years ago, um, David Letterman doing that show for Warren Zevon. It's a really good read at the Ringer. All right, uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Every Friday, we catch up with Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's back with us this morning here on GCR. Bo, it's Glenn and Stan. Always good to catch up with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, good morning. You're welcome. Bo, um, I know you were tweeting about it last night. I was tweeting about it last night. I will never understand how you get to 34 pass plays, 30 attempted passes, two sacks and two Lamar Jackson runs, two five runs in the first half. Uh, we can be here for an eternity, and I won't understand that. But um, you have to credit the Ravens, the adjustments they made at the half. They clearly played their best second half of football all season long. 
Oh, there's no question about it. And, yeah, I was scratching my head. And I understand to an extent that the Buccaneers were down several defensive backs, so it looked like they were just trying to attack uh, where they felt the the Buccaneers were weak. I mean, at the basic level, I think that was the plan. But it's just not who they are. And I think Lamar Jackson throwing 30 passes in a hat in the first half of a game is just never going to be what they want to be. Um, it, it just didn't look like them, and they had no rhythm. And I know after the game, John Harbaugh said this game plan went exactly as we wanted it to. But, I mean, I, that's a little disingenuous because, quite frankly, they would have been shut out if it weren't for an absolute gift that gave them the ball at the six-yard line. Um, now they probably should have kicked a field goal and they chose to go for it another time they got close. But the offense just didn't have any rhythm in the first half. And, and if, if you wanted to say, okay, the idea is we're going to attack this weakness that we know the Buccaneers have because they're shorthanded. Well, by the end of the first half, you were also missing your best two offensive receiver targets. So you were shorthanded as well. Um, and that was probably also a factor. And Demarcus Robinson stepped up and Isaiah likely stepped up, but uh, it just, it, it didn't look like their offense. It didn't look like it at all. And so I just, I questioned it. Uh, and so in the second half, they got back to who they are. And they ran the ball down their throats, and the, and the Buccaneers couldn't stop them at all. And the Ravens ended up averaging seven yards a carry in the game. They had long, sustained drives. They had a long drive. They got the ball back quickly. They had another long drive. And you could see that the Buccaneers were just gassed defensively. Those defensive linemen are breathing heavily. They're just, they're just worn out. And the Ravens got another long drive. And that's what they want to do. And that got it, it looked so much like what they want to be. They scored on all four of their second half possessions, three touchdowns, and then of course there was the um, there was the last kneel down one. But they were just dominant in the second half, dominant, and they did it because they ran the ball. And so I did not understand. I can understand the concept in the first half, but I don't understand why they didn't veer from it at all. Bo, uh, the offensive line suddenly looks with the, the improved play by Linderbaum as he's getting used to the speed of the game and the intensity of the game and Ronnie Stanley being back out there, a good chunk of it. Suddenly the offensive line looks like it's good enough for them to have this identity again. I agree with you, and that's why they can run the ball seven yards a pop. Yep. And early in the game there were a couple of miscommunications where it, uh, when Jackson got sacked one time, it looks like Stanley was pulling. Yeah, he thought yeah. he thought it was. It looked like he thought it was a, pull, a a run play to the right. He goes to pull, and then <laughs> I forget who it was had an, had a clean you know clean path right to Jackson. So there were a couple of mini breakdowns, but Tyler Linderbaum was dominant last night. I know they gave up one qu- early sack to Vita V inside. Yeah. Uh, he and Ben Powers got beat, but if you watch Tyler Linderbaum, he completely manhandled uh, Devin White a good linebacker for the Buccaneers. I mean, he, like, as I wrote, he turned him into his own personal blocking sweat. I mean, he had, he had him engaged downfield 15 yards, and those legs are still moving as Jackson or Gus Edwards is running almost alongside them. It was just a dominant performance from Linderbaum. And um, they rotated McCary in at, at both left and right tackle, so that helps those linemen a little bit. And, it's a, it, yeah, the offensive line is playing well, and – when they're running the ball for seven yards a pop, you can guarantee that offensive line is operating at a high level. And one other thing for me, Bo, uh, let's go back to the first half, that, that play you alluded to where they went for it on fourth down. Did you have a problem with the fact that they prioritize 
going for like an eight or nine yard touchdown versus trying to gain the couple yards and get the first down there? I just didn't like the decision yeah, overall. I, didn't, uh, and I know I didn't. Lamar, Lamar Jackson is always, always going to vouch, going to plea his case to, to keep the offense on the field. It's just how he's wired. I mean, he will never concede that, yeah, we should kick a field goal here. He wants to stay on the field. But in that situation, it, look, it just looked to me like the offense, they, they just, it just didn't quite look like it was clicking at that point. You've got an absolute gimme points from yeah. uh, Tucker. You're scuffling. And, you know, and I know when on the, on the broadcast, they tried, they, they explained that they, he was looking for a shorter throw to Prochet across the middle that was just over the first down marker. And it just wasn't available. The linebacker stayed home and, and he had no look at Prochet. So then he had to kind of improvise yeah. and his improvisation took him to Robinson in the end zone. But overall, I just didn't like the idea. It wasn't fourth and an inch. It was fourth and a good two yards two from the 10. And, and he's pleading to Harbaugh to stay. We're going to stay on the field. We're going to stay on the field. And Harbaugh, and he said after the game, John, uh, Lamar Jackson said to the extent of, you know, I love that Harbaugh always gives us that confidence. Well, if they keep not getting it, then right. you can't keep giving that confidence. And uh, I just don't – the feel of the game at that point told me they should take points. I, I get the reason why they do it sometimes. I didn't like the decision at that point. Bo Smolka is with us. His appearance this week is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Use the code TAILGATE and you'll save $100 when you reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Ginsugrills.com is the website. Um, Bo, Isaiah Likely obviously was outstanding last night. I, you know, How do we measure the – we saw the talent in the preseason. We, we thought he was a guy that could step up and become a guy versus, hey – you know, let's keep it in perspective. It's one game. Maybe we don't get too carried away about it. Obviously, it was a huge thing last night. It's obviously very pleasant. But what's the appropriate way to gauge Isaiah Likely's performance last night? Uh, well, he that is exactly what we saw all summer in training camp. I mean, that was that was the guy that we saw, and and I was expecting, I wasn't expecting him to take over from Mark Andrews, but I was expecting from the start this year that he would be a productive second tight end for this team. And then he had a couple drops in the first game against the Jets, and it looked like he and they both lost a little confidence in him. And he became just kind of a bit part for the next month. Uh, but this is the guy that we saw. This is the guy who's capable of making catches, breaking tackles after he makes the catch, working himself open. What's the future for him? I mean, it, if Mark Andrews comes back, clearly Mark Andrews is still going to be Lamar Jackson's favorite target and likely became his favorite target last night when Mark Andrews was out. But I think, I think likely is a really good weapon. I think he needs to be involved in that passing game more, and I think a game like last night gives him and Jackson, again, a sense of trust. And we talked about the way quarterbacks trust a player, and it, it, it happened early this year with Duvernay and Jackson, and I think in, in this case it can happen with likely and Jackson. But uh, I think he needs to be involved. I don't think we'll see him – getting seven to ten targets when Andrews is on the field. But I do think he, he will and can contribute this way the rest of the way. Yeah, he was outstanding. There's no doubt about it. The other guy, you know, Stan was talking about him earlier, and I know you wrote about him in the most recent print issue of Press Box. Uh, you can go pick that up right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. But Devin Duvernay, this role that he's carving for himself as this kind of jack-of-all-trades, Swiss Army knife, I don't – I know we've kind of retired Swiss Army Knife for Taysom Hill, but um, Devin Duvernay doing so many things 
to be impactful. I get it. He's not, you know, a, a number one receiver in the NFL. He's not, you know, the the the. He's not Mike Evans. That was clear last night. God, it must be nice to have a Mike Evans. Um, but what Devin Duvernay offers um, in so many capacities is proving to be really beneficial for this team. There's no doubt. I thought he was one one of the one of the more underrated players last year too, and they just didn't utilize him much. Uh, last year was a case where he'd get a jet sweep, and then that would be his touch, and you wouldn't hear from him again the rest of the game. And I and other than kick returning and punt returning, and I kept questioning, well, what, why why is Duvernay only getting one or two touches a game on offense? As I've said for two years, it just seems good things happen when the ball's in his hands, and and now he's being used more as a receiver. He makes contested catches for his size. I remember way back to when he was drafted, Eric DaCosta praised Duvernay's toughness. Um, he, and, you know, he didn't say he was Anquan Boldner, Steve Smith, but he mentioned that kind of toughness after a toughness in the course of making the catch and after the catch. And some of his touchdowns this year have been contested catches. And then, of course, he's dangerous on these run plays they run with him. And he scored a touchdown on one last night. A couple of times they've lined him up as a straight running back yeah. look. Uh, he can do a lot of different things for them. The other thing that he does is that, I, at least on a couple, I don't know about last night, but at least on a couple of the big runs by Lamar Jackson this year, they've been set up by a fake sweep to Duvernay because Duvernay comes along on the jet sweep. It's a fake to Duvernay. You can watch those inside linebackers break with Duvernay thinking he's getting the ball, and that opens up the middle of the field for Jackson. So Duvernay, you know, what he's done and what he's done as a decoy I think have both been really, really important for this team. So, yeah, I think he will continue to have a big, big role. Bo, of the injuries last night, Andrews, Bateman, and then Gus Edwards. Uh, at the very end, uh, Kyle Hamilton uh, kind of limped off a little bit. Uh, do, you, do you know much about any of them yet? I guess it's way too early. I, I don't, but of the four, I would think Edwards is the one that's most concerning only because Harbaugh was the one that that was the one that Harbaugh said after the game, we'll, we'll wait and know more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He said after the game that Andrews was not in that serious. Bateman had tweaked his foot. Kyle Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken, went back on the field shortly after he was out um, and made a nice play at the goal line. I thought Kyle Hamilton is yeah. starting to trend upward again. Yep. But, uh, he, but uh, John Harbaugh said with Edwards, we're going to have to wait and see tomorrow. And so that's not very good. And even if it, they mentioned it as a hamstring rather than his ACL tear, but Edwards had said, told us last week that he had torn his hamstring in addition to everything else he tore. So if it's an, if it's an aggravation of that injury, remember Justice Hill missed several games with a hamstring injury. If it's an aggravation of his, of his hamstring injury, I would think he's, it's likely he would miss a few games even with this long stretch where they only play once in the next three weeks. Right. So that stretch is actually good for a guy like um, Andrews or Bateman or Josh Bynes, who was who missed the game last night. But I think of all those guys that got hurt last night, just listening to Harbaugh, it sounds like Edwards is the one to be most concerned about. Uh, Bo, before we let you go, this is going to be the last time we chat before the NFL trade deadline next week. Obviously, you know we're 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 guessing. I understand there's no way to know, but what's your gut tell you about the possibility of the Ravens being involved, and what would you be prioritizing if you were the Ravens looking at things at the deadline? Yeah, it's so interesting. Honestly, if I were prioritizing, I think I would prioritize an inside linebacker. But again, the cost comes into play. 
And, you know, I know they've t- people have brought up Rokon Smith's name, but I-, I just look at their linebacker situation. And, like, Josh Bynes missed the game last night. They started A.J. Klein, um, who they've, they've played. They played Malik Harrison some inside and some outside, but there's just no depth there at inside linebacker for them. And I don't know what they would get in terms of what they'd be willing to give up in terms of draft capital. DeCosta never really wants to give up too much and what kind of salary they'd be willing to take on. So those all will come into play. But I know people want them to trade for DJ Moore or one of the wide receivers. With Bateman being hurt, that's a fair question. Um, But when I look at their needs, the way they play, I think their biggest need right now is an inside linebacker. But – I, but I, 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 you know, edge rushers, there's edge rushers out there that might get traded. But remember, they expect to get Bowser and Ajabo back. I thought Bowser might play last night, but he did not. But they expect to get them back soon. So they feel like their edge rush group will be back to full strength soon enough. So I don't know that they would pull the trigger on an edge rusher. But I look at their inside linebacker group, and, I mean, they're an injury from Patrick Queen away from being in a real crisis mode there. That's so. Fair. If they're going to make a trade there, I think that would be the position I would be looking at. That's pretty astute. Uh, you know, I was still thinking wide receiver. Oh, look, I'm still going to yeah, think about wide yeah, receiver. But, but, but uh, Bo yeah. makes a, a better point. I understand that. Uh, Bo, remind everybody that's why about – That's he's Bo Smoke. That's correct. That's the reason why we hired him. Uh, uh, Bo, you remind everybody about the podcast. Yes, I do a podcast with uh, former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox on the Believe Network. That's T-L-E-A-V. We just finished recording a breakdown of the game today, and Wilcox is really good. He's got such a good sense of what the players feel after a game like that and how it works. And he's been critical of certain things. He was not as critical of that offense last night as I was expecting. He kind of liked the fact that they came out throwing and had the Bucks off guard. I disagree with him, but we go back and forth and have a good time with it. So that's on the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. At B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, all of his stuff, pressboxonline.com. He is Bo Smolka. Bo, appreciate it, sir. We'll talk to you next Friday. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka joining us here on GCR. All right, Stan, we talked a lot of Ravens. We're going to give you an opportunity to tell us what you're thinking ahead of the World Series when we come back in as that gets underway tonight. We'll have more Ravens talk with Sean Salisbury and World Series talk with Sean Salisbury coming up here in a bit. But we'll get Stan the fans' thoughts on uh, expectations as the Phillies and Astros get things underway tonight in Houston. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at Pressbox online.com slash bowser the next tyus bowser show is tuesday november 1st at the hamilton sports bar and grill 5506 harford road it's brought to you by maryland vascular specialists and the all-new ginsu kamado grill sports betting has come to maryland and we're ready to help you win some money tune in for simply the bets every tuesday morning at 11 40 Fendel sportsbook gm leon twyman and vsin's aaron oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners and every other thursday at 11 40 tune in for weekend at bookies as andrew stecka and alloy sports brad cronthal help make you some money for the weekend so come win some money with us on simply the bets every tuesday and weekend at bookies every other thursday Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Friday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles is here in the studio with us. You guys are getting me your uh, pats on the ass. We'll continue to share them throughout the course of the day. Paul Novilando wants to give some love to Morgan Moses as his number five for a dominating performance. Gus Edwards at four, Broderick Washington, Justin Houston two, and Isaiah Likely one. Nick Matabike, number five, uh, had a big sack there at the end of the game. Things were a little... Uh, I think we are pretty confident about where the game was going at that point, but it was still a very nice play. Matabike has had a very nice season. Um, I think he is... He's come on exceptionally well this season. Lamar, four. Justin Houston, three. Greg Roman, number two. I was thinking about putting Greg Roman. I absolutely yeah. considered putting Greg. That it was just tough. Was like, just, I had to leave yeah. Tyler Linderbaum off my list, right? Like, who am I taking off the list to put Roman on? Right. And but those, are, those the, are the rules. Those are the, exactly right. Ass, right? You know? And we don't let people cheat. That's it's a, It is a sacred game, Stan. It's been uh, passed no, down through generations. 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 Uh, pats on the ass. So we Chuba Hubbard uh, correct. created it, didn't correct. he? That's why he's Chuba. one of the greats. Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard, yes. Chuba. Um, and yeah, Griffin, to your point, I agree. The first half was yeah. questionable enough that I said, "Right, I, well, I, thought I appreciate it was, I, the adjustments." I thought it was me playing Madden back in middle school, where I was just, just gonna throw, throw in every play. because right. yeah. wh- who want, who needs to run the ball? I who wants to you. do that? Uh, Sean a five, Washington four, Houston three. Kenyon Drake um, obviously had a couple of big plays last night. Um, uh, two to Marcus Robinson, one Isaiah Likely. My guy Tony Thornton from BAL. Kenyon Drake five. Four, Justin Houston, three, Matabike, two, Lamar, one, Isaiah Likely. Uh, John Proctor chimes in this morning, also agrees it was difficult. Five, Duvernay, four, Drake, three, Matabike, two, Houston, one, Likely. Um, oh, God, 
he just reminded me I'm going against him in fantasy this week, and I started Rashad Bateman last night. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, but at, at least I also have no running backs. I, I keep four running backs on my roster, right? So my running backs are uh, Austin Eckler, right? Uh, on by. On by. Uh, Saquon Barkley, so at least I, you know, like, at one. least I good have one. that. Then Ezekiel Elliott, who looks like he's not going to play. Isaiah Pacheco now, who's also on bye. And I, I did have Rashad White as well. But I didn't want to play White last night because I was like, what's he, what's he going to do? Let's make a deal. Well, this is in the other league. This isn't oh. a, in the league that you and I are oh. into it together. This is in the other league. So I realized. Is Stan still undefeated in that league? No. No, no uh, longer undefeated. But I did he must beat, have checked. He must have checked look, the line. Look, I have one badge of honor this year. I beat Ken Zalas. It's true. Oh. That you yeah. got that. that. Impressive. You'll have that. I'll forever. always have that. You will always have that. No doubt about it. I started it. both Godwin and Mike Evans in uh, one of my leagues. In fact, well, the, in Mike fact Ev- yeah. ne- next yeah. week, can we get Ken on on a Friday? Uh, so I can just oh, you just like want to you just want to make sure. Well, why don't you maybe the day, maybe the day that you and Stein host the show, we can make a special Monday appearance with Ken Zalis for that day. Uh, which you're missing a Friday too, right? You're missing the 11th, right? That's the day that you're you're out. I think something we'll, like we'll that. We'll figure, we'll it, figure, out. figure we'll it, it out. All right. I, yeah, my wife and I are going to Madison next weekend. Uh, we're going to go to the Maryland-Wisconsin game in Madison next Saturday, and uh, we're going to spend the weekend out there. I've never been to Madison for a game before. I hear it is an amazing atmosphere for a football game, so looking forward to that. I'm also, my wife doesn't know this part yet, but I'm also going to do some Chris Farley stuff while I'm out there. I was an obsessed Chris Farley fan, and that's where he was from, and that's where you know he was. He's buried. I'm going to visit Chris Farley's grave. We're going to do some Madison stuff next weekend. Then we're going to go to uh, what did Josh tell us? He went uh, the chocolate shop, ice cream shop. He oh, said yeah, to yes. go to. Yeah. So my wife will enjoy that. A You'll great bring deal. us back T-shirts. A hundred percent, Stan. Extra I will large, bring you back. Long sleeve. I will bring you back. Long sleeve T-shirt. You got it from man. Madison. As a, as a thank you for coming in and hosting the show on Monday, you got it. All right, uh, tonight, World Series gets underway in Houston, game one. Wait a minute, it's not finished? Yeah, it hasn't, it was, hasn't yeah. ended yet. Very strange to have four four off days before the Well, it, I mean, obviously. It really kicks the momentum I, in the ass. I, you know, did you and I talk about this? Um, no. There has been a push by Scott Boris in particular to yeah. get the World Series in a neutral location. Right. Because... They want to. His idea is let's build a baseball festival like the Super Bowl, similar to the Super Bowl. And so baseball says, well, we're not going to do that. We want to keep home field advantage. But if we set the date for the start of the World Series, then it allows for a little bit more planning for that on everybody's part for us to have the dates lined up. So, yeah, we, Griffin and I talked a lot this week about how much it kind of sucked on Tuesday night. We're like, yeah, there is nothing to watch yep. tonight. Yep. That stinks but before we talk world series i just want to throw this out to to the folks out there that are oriole fans and are wondering what mike elias might be up to mm-hmm. during the offseason mlb trade rumors today has two two big stories at the begin at the first two stories when you go on there first steve Cohn says the mets are not interested in david stearns at okay. this time. Okay. Okay. They're not pursuing him. Who, of course, is no longer with the Brewers. Right. Yep. And that doesn't mean that next June they won't pursue him. But anyway, the second one was much more interesting here in Baltimore. Marlins may go to trade route to solve center field problem. Well, the uh, Marlins have a couple pitchers that I know that the Orioles would 
would like to to have. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put my hat in the ring or toss my hat in the ring and say that Jesus Lazardo, the left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. one time a Washington Nationals prospect, right, right. was traded in the deal for Sean Doolittle and Ryan Matson. The year I think they pretty won the me- World Series. Pretty good memory, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was traded from the A's. He's had an, an injury history, mm-hmm. but he was traded for the A's in July, late July of 2021 for Starling Marte when the A's were going for it uh, in their last season before they sold off everybody. Lazardo, uh, and again, Buck Showalter always warned us about judging late in the season for the year. This past season, he made 18 starts, 332 earned run average, 120 strikeouts in 100 innings, batting average against 191, and a whip of, I can't find it right there. It was like uh, 093 or something like okay. that. Okay. Or one I mean, something. I'll pull it back up. Yeah. I, I think it was 104. 104, yeah. that's yeah. what it was. But last three games of the season, Six and two-thirds innings against the Cubs, 11 strikeouts, one walk. Next start was against the Mets, six innings, four hits, two runs, only six strikeouts. The next start was against the Braves on October 3rd, six innings, four hits, one walk, 12 strikeouts. So he's a dominant left-handed pitcher pitching in Oriole Park at Camden Yards as presently sure. designed, he would be an absolute stud for, you know, it, about it, about 10 or 12 starts. And now the secondary part of this is you bring up there in the market for a center fielder yeah. is do the Orioles – are the Orioles committed to Colton Kowser as being their center fielder when he arrives? And if that's the case, do they think Cedric Mullins is so important for what he brings with his range – that moving him to a corner outfield spot would be sensical because it sort of mitigates the weakness of his arm while also to continue to take advantage of the outfield defense, which was a huge part of the story of their success this yeah, season. Yeah, no question have, about it. We have it. to be very clear about that. Like yeah. the, the range of this outfield was a massive story in how they were able to get things going this year. Do they say, hey, we don't want to mess with with that we want Mullins to continue to be here because we get the value of having this type of range in our outfield or do they say you know if Colton Kowser is going to get here this season and we're committed to him as being the center fielder then Cedric Mullins is a piece that we can move and and I try to use to acquire a pitch I would I would certainly include uh, offer up and build up the 30-30 season they had a sure. year ago and yep. let's keep in mind you didn't have an embarrassing no, season no. or a bad season no it just this is probably more like what Cedric Mullins is like but let's not forget he did steal 35 but you know 34 100%. 35 bases he's a valuable and, and his range is really he's really good he's really got a bad he's got a bad arm yes. there's no question about it but Miami uh, would love to have Cedric Mullins. There's no question about it. He doesn't make too much money. They wouldn't have to give him an arm and a leg contract. I, I, Stan, I'm, I'm with you. I yeah. think it's an Orioles question about Cedric Mullins. Yeah. How do you view Cedric Mullins? Do you do you think, again, in trying to build whatever this group is going to be, moving towards World Series contention, uh, do you think that you need to have that range there still? I think the the the, the, the subtext would be, 
what do you think this outfield is? I think we all agree that Colton Kowser is going to be a big part of whatever that no outfield question, no is. No question about it. What is the rest of the outfield when you get to that level, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's a at the moment, I think we're kind of shrugging our shoulders and saying we don't know because I'm I'm with you. I'm listening. I, we talked about Cedric Mullins with the Astros during the season. I'm listening in conversations with Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm looking at a dynamic rotation of Grayson Rodriguez, sure. Jesus Lazardo, and whom uh, Dean Kramer yep. and Kyle Bradish. That begins to be, uh, you know, Tyler you, Wells, you, you, John Tyler Means. Wells. Well, I yeah. still think Wells is a is much better piece. To come in and be like the twin towers okay. of of being late in games, we'll see. To me, his injury history. I hear you. Speaks. I hear you on that. Yeah. I think he pitched well enough this season that he gets the opportunity to continue to be a starter. It's the same thing. Like we, you and I are both. I, I've I just wonder your... what opportunity if you would trade for somebody like Lizardo yeah. and either sign Lyles right. or maybe sign Lyles and one other guy. Sure. You almost say to Tyler, yeah, hey. The math's not the there. The math's not right. there. We're, we think this is where you can be. I get it. Yeah. All right. Uh, tonight, World Series game one. Yep. In Houston. Yep. Phillies are red hot. Bryce Harper's been. They were red hot. Well, yeah, right? That's correct. They've been off for a few days, so yeah. we don't know if they're still red hot. Yeah. Five days since they last played yeah. a baseball game. Yeah. Bryce Harper has been a. It's it's unfair to say revelation because we've always known Bryce Harper is one of the best players yeah, in baseball. No question He's a generational about it. talent. But no question about he's still somehow been even better during the course of this postseason. They clearly have two dogs at the start of their rotation, two guys that they are riding the hell out of right now. The Astros have clearly been the best team in baseball all season long. They've got everything. They they hit. They you know, it, it, they keep adding. Now, Pena's been a revelation, right? Like, they just keep adding more. Their rotation's really good. Their bullpen's unbelievable. Well, their their pitching staff, they had a two nine zero ERA for their pitching staff. Just to put it into perspective, the Dodgers had a 2.8 ERA uh, for their pitching staff. Uh, the Phillies' pitching staff is 3.97. The good news for Philly fans, though, is... The two teams are almost identical offensively. If you look at their numbers on base percentage, runs scored, they are like, uh, you know, a little hair Mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. The big difference is the pitching staff. The good news for the Phillies fans is that they don't have to use all the pitchers that really brought their ERA up to 397. They're They're riding Wheeler, Nola in game one, Wheeler in game two. Clearly, if the series goes any length, they will both start two times. Ranger Suarez, Noah Syndergaard uh, are the other starters. Uh, Kyle Gibson has really fallen off the face of the earth. He's one of the reasons they're in run average, 397, but could play a pivotal two or three innings in this World Series. I, I give the Phillies more than a puncher's chance in this game. I understand the Astros are an overwhelming favorite. I think you're laying. Uh, 190 yep. to win 100. Yep. Uh, and the Phillies, you'd and, get and back the game 165. line is one and, one and a half for the Astros right. on the series. Yeah. I'm and I'm look, I bet a little bit on the Astros on the game line just yeah. because I think I think they're the better team. But yeah. the way the Phillies have played during the course of this postseason, to your point, Stan, mm-hmm. like if, if Bryce Harper keeps swinging the bat this way, 
Look, their chances go down dramatically if Nola doesn't pitch a great game tonight and they steal game one against a pitcher in Justin Verlander who's a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, but has a six-point earn run average in is it the postseason or just the World Series? I think it's just in the World Series. I'll double double check on that real quick. Uh, did you? I don't know if you saw this, and Griffin. I hope I'm not stealing yours. Uh, you know, Justin Verlander is becoming just the yes. second pitcher yes. all time to start a World Series game in a third different decade. Do you know who the other one is? Shoot, start a world. Jim Palmer. It's not because remember Jim Palmer didn't start in '83. He came out of the bullpen in '83. Got that tripped up a couple of people okay. yesterday as so, this was floating around. Uh, da, 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 Roger, that, that, that's correct. Roger, Roger Clemens Roger. is the other one. Roger Clemens. I was ready to back off before you said. Yeah, all right. Uh, Verlander is zero and six with a five six eight ERA in uh, seven World Series starts. Okay. Yeah. What's his overall postseason ERA? I'd be curious. Um, oh, remember the Orioles knocked him around pretty good in two thousand fourteen. Uh, fifteen and eleven, three five five ERA, and yeah. he's, uh, thirty-three. He's, about a season long. About he's, a, he's about a, had about a season of how many thirty-three innings? starts. Thirty-three starts. Okay, hundred ninety-seven innings. He's human. In, yes, in postseason. correct. He's 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 human. I I agree with that. Now look, somebody would say, hey, you're facing better hitters, right? You're facing the best teams. You're not. You don't get to stockpile your stats against the, the Orioles, Kansas City Royals, right? Like you don't get to do that in the postseason. No, you do not. Um, but still, to your point. He is not – he ain't Sandy Koufax, right? Like, he is not someone that you would say – we had this whole conversation with Tyler Kepner um, about is it that you're raising your game or just trying to continue to stay on the trajectory. He has not raised his game, yeah. for sure, in his postseason career. He's been about what he is, maybe a little bit worse. That quote, I'm almost positive it was Johnny Padres who said it back in the f- mid-'50s, and it was really about, about players – getting too uptight and it's it's the players that can stay emotionally like an eddie murray Mm -hmm. didn't matter eddie murray if it was the first inning or you were down two runs and two men on in the bottom of the ninth with two outs his emotion was the same absolutely and some some performers recede from greatness Others just are yeah, the able to, to live up to the moment. 100%. Look, yeah. I, it will be interesting to see. Bryce Harper right now has handled the moment. I mean, yeah. it, it, I, I can't say enough, right? And I'm not – I know there are people that hate Bryce Harper for whatever reason because he was a – the clown question. I don't. I really don't understand the hate for Bryce Harper. I got to well, be you honest. You know, it's with you. interesting if it. you read uh, Jim Henneman's piece on PressBoxOnline.com. Yep. He talked about, it, and I remember he wrote that piece about who the hell does this kid think he is when he was sixteen or seventeen mm-hmm. years old, saying he wanted to be, you know, in the majors by nineteen or twenty, you know, and something like. That. And Jim Henneman, I remember him saying. Calm down, boy. You're just 16 right, years right. old, and the kid and Jim sort of acknowledges, like, boy, was I off on that Dude, one? He's proven yeah. to be exactly as good as everybody yeah. said he was, and now that he's getting the opportunity to do it under the the brightest lights and on the biggest stage, he is proving to be a guy that's. And you know, I, and I know Philly pretty well because I used to park cars in Atlantic right. City when I went to college, and I was over in Philly a lot. Um, Philly is the right town for Bryce Harper. It's it's helping him elevate his game. Okay, that scene where he got that not the home run, 
the double that drove yeah. in a, game, a tying runner. Yep. And he like took off his super, Superman, yeah. Superman oh, thing, they, and he was he was yelling, "This is my effing house, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. This is our house." So it's benefit. It's yeah. benefit. The money has been well worth it to this point with Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies. We will see if that continues. All right, we're trying to get down to Houston. I know he's busy, but we're trying to get down to Houston to catch up with Sean Salisbury. We will hope to do that. Um, if not, we still have plenty to do. Stan the Fan is here. We've got Jalen Smith coming up for sure. Pride of Baltimore getting ready for Wizards Pacers tonight. We could also rerun the, my first ever Pats on the Helmet. It's true. Pats yeah. on the ass. Pats, pats, pats on, on the, the ass. ass. Right. What's hey, what's slaps, the other one? To, slaps, slaps to the, to the helmet, helmet yeah. is the other one that we do. Pats on the ass. It was it was magical. People are talking about it. There's a, There's whole, a lot of buzz on Twitter. A hundred percent. Al Michaels keeps previewing it for uh, it's like and coming up tomorrow. Pats on the uh, Al Michaels loves me. I've heard yeah, that. Yeah. I've heard that. Not like Mike Tarico, who like said him. middle finger. Right. Yeah, right like right. no way. Al Michaels said if the show if the game was only this weekend, he would have been happy to come on and preview it with you. It's just unfortunate the game was did, And and did, I want to be clear, Jalen Smith can't couldn't make it with you, but it wasn't nothing personal. Right. It was this timing. wasn't it was a, a Tariko time, thing. This is a timing. Again, issue. the Tariko thing, very I had a lot of questions about what happened between yeah. you and Tariko, the way that he was saying things. They were words I may that have, were said. I may hire Bo to write the cover story on press box next year about, about? Tariko oh boy oh boy yeah. oh my this could be yeah. this could get uncomfortable yeah. this could get very uncomfortable all right we got a lot more to do stand the fan is here today's show also brought to you by guilford hall brewery they have a huge halloween party coming up tomorrow night you're gonna want to be there if you've not checked out guilford hall yet it is an amazing venue oh it is spectacular Tell people why it's spectacular. So you're going to pull up in Station North. You're going to say, okay, this place looks cool. And then you're going to walk in and say, it's so much cooler than I thought it was. It's spectacular. It's spectacular. Multiple different levels. Um, you know, some some more private areas, public space upstairs. They have an outdoor area that, you know, the weather stays just nice enough, the fall weather that you can enjoy for a little bit longer uh, before we're all going to stay inside and, and enjoy the, the winter hibernating for three or four months. But you can still enjoy that right now. The food, the Bavarian-style menu, incredible. The craft beer selection is just unbelievable. The Guilford Hall Lager is delicious. All of it. You are going to walk away saying, I can't believe this place is here. This is an amazing location. Uh, big Halloween party tomorrow night. Free to get in. They got a costume contest, live music, and is that where more. Micah, is that where Micah is going? Micah is uh, going trick-or-treating, Stan, we learned. He's going to just be oh, wandering okay. around. He might be coming to your house based on... Where uh, where Stevenson is, he might be wandering through your neighborhood trick or treating wow. this weekend. So I hope you got the uh, I hope you didn't go with the fun size candy bars. I hope you got the king size candy bars for Micah and his friends. Uh, Mike is dressing up as Poseidon. Is Poseidon shirtless or you? I mean, yeah. Okay, I, I see. I see. I, <laughs> I see got what my the, trident. Look at you. Look my at fishing net. Look at you, Stan and I. Stan and I, of course, pose naked for a calendar. So. We're uh, we're also very confident men, yeah, quite there you clearly. Go. Boys of Hamden. Should have worn my costume in for the show today. You should have. I'm actually really disappointed that you didn't. Boys of is the website. Pre-order your calendar. But yeah, uh, Guilford Hall Brewery, the place to be for a Halloween party tomorrow night. GuilfordHall.com to find out more. Glenn Clark Radio. 
Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guildfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles is here. A reminder, the Tyus Bowser Show returns this coming Tuesday, so maybe we'll get an answer about uh, that uh, timeline and the Saints game. This coming Tuesday, we will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Hope that you will join us. Tyus and a special guest will be there. You can find out more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Um, Stan, a question from Jeremy. Jeremy says... Um, Jeremy Kahn's I don't believe it's Jeremy Kahn. Don't believe it's Jeremy Kahn. Although you never know. 
Uh, Jeremy says, understand Stan's argument for a pitcher, but isn't the offense more of the issue right now for the Orioles, and aren't they a worse team if they trade away Cedric Mullins in that case? No, I don't think they're a worse team. I expect the team to to basically have a couple new players on this team on the offensive side of the ball as well. Do you think they're spending money on offense? I think they'll spend some money on offense. I think it's – there's there's clearly there's there's probably 40 guys out there that could help them offensively as free agents there's probably about 6 or 8 that everybody's going to be after pitching wise so the dollars will be spent on offense the pitching will be acquired via trade okay in my opinion okay okay and look i still don't have next year as the year that i'm sort of saying Hey, we have a. I still say even trading Mullins for Lozardo, we're a much better team. Uh, and by the way, you got to give up a really good prospect along with Mullins. Yep. So I mean, you're a Norby or you a know, Westberg, maybe a Westberg. You know, uh, but you also project that Kowser will be here next year. You know, I, I'm. You know, the, at the latest mid June to July 1st, you know. I I think that timeline actually makes complete sense yeah. for Kowser to maybe be somebody that can continue to help with the offense. Yeah. Look, I, I definitely think they need to spend money on bats. Yeah. I think they need to do that. To your point, I've said all along, I'm still a little uncomfortable with identifying next year as the year for them to move into your major contention. I think it's absolutely the goal next year should be to, to get into to the – To be to get into the playoffs 100%. next year, yeah. I think it, and one, I'll tell you what, you have Luzardo – Forget who else they get, whether it's you know Lucas Giolito as a, a, a trade, but if they get Luzardo and would have everybody else back that they have right now, I'll take my chances that the second half of next year the Orioles are very very good. Um, yeah, I, you know it certainly paints uh, quite the picture for what this team is capable of being if that's the case. Um, and from Daryl, Daryl says. Uh, what do you think the reason was for the change at the half last night? I feel like that might have been a moment where John Harbaugh finally stepped in and said, Greg, what in the F are we doing? It's time to do something different. Uh, Daryl, who knows? I mean, like, my my God. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to be this. If you're still trying to use last night to just keep your, your the, the flames of your Greg Roman hate alive, I don't know, seek help. Man. I mean, it almost didn't seem like a Greg Roman offense in the first half. Like yeah, the argument would be that yeah, would be the exact like it, opposite. Like somebody it. else, like, like almost like somebody else was calling plays or something. I, well, like, no, and I don't, I don't think that's yeah, I don't the case. Know but I, I understand but what you're saying, Griffin. It just, like yeah, it, it just, it just feels like we're reach. I had somebody else last night who said this is last night is an example of why we hate Greg Roman because we know what they're capable of and he's not doing. Like what, 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 what? man. Go see a, a a shrink. Go see a, a a priest. Go see somebody, man. Go see a a Hari Krishna or something. Like you got this much hate in your heart for somebody that after a night in which they were great and orchestrated a, a brilliant second half offensively, that you just got to find something to continue to cling on to. Dude, go take a walk by a river or something like that, man. Like, do something to work on your mental health because that is not a good sign. John Harbaugh stepped in. This is 
This isn't about like Jesus Christ. I I did ask at the end of the game if anybody wanted to come in, call in and offer me a culpa because I saw y'all's tweets at the half last night. I saw all of your first half tweets. There was nobody asking for Sean Payton. Uh, yeah, last weird, night. weird, <laughs> and very few of you that were willing to call in and say, "Yeah, I I screwed up. My my fault. <laughs> my bad." I keep trying to tell you this. We're trying to skip ahead. As fans, we constantly try to skip ahead instead of just watching the games. And seeing what happens, and then mm. reacting to that, it's they won last week, and all we wanted to do, oh, this isn't going to work. This, they're going to have to blow it up. They won. They're four and three. Now they're five and three. You're trying to skip Good ahead. Win. Good win last Great night. Great win last yeah. night. Great win. All right, Stan. I'm. I, we're going to do Young Utes this morning. All right. I want you to be involved with Young Utes. I want you to let me know. We, we do, we're going to grade this. <laughs> Mike is going to tell us about something the Utes are into, mm-hmm. and I want you to judge, are the young insane? Well, I, I know that already. I understand, I know but the specifically, based on whatever uh, the stories are that he shares, I want you to be the judge of, do we need to, to pray for the youths because of the relevance of a story? The young youths. Right? Yeah. Or do you say, you know what, I get it. All right? That's the way that I want to judge this moving forward with young youths. Mike is here. He is our re- re- uh, resident young Ute. He will let us know what it is that's going on in the world of the young Utes. Micah's Young Utes is brought to you this week by Glory Days Grill. Six ninety nine appetizers after 9 o'clock, including the smoky thigh wings. Six ninety nine appetizers. So if you're out with Micah trick-or-treating this weekend and you get back and you're like, man, I'm hungry. I've got great news. Appetizers are just six ninety nine at Glory Days Grill. Get your order in. GloryDaysGrill.com. All right. Micah, what's going on in the world of the young Utes? Well, after that, I have the perfect one to start oh, off good. with. Oh, good. Oh, uh, good. So, have you heard of the the Kia challenge on TikTok? Nope. No, nope. I'm so gonna find out though. And remember, I'm judging. Yes, correct. Yeah. And I can hear uh, the judgment already. I can already hear the judgment. This one's perfect. Voice. So, this came from TikTok. It started a couple weeks ago, but it's just been like just uptrending, getting more popular and more cases across the country. So pretty much the Kia challenge is their TikTok tutorials uh, that show how to pretty much carjack <laughs> one one model of a <laughs> Kia car with nothing but a USB. So all you have to do is plug something into the USB. It's and just, you just like America's Got Talent where you can I just, got bang, bang. <laughs> You can just start the car and steal the car. So it started on TikTok. People were just wait, showing. Wait, wait, but how do you get into the car? Well, I don't know. You can you break just start, a window. You just start, you just start in, pulling handles find it, it's unlocked. Yeah, pull a handle. Oh, for God's sake. This sakes. is what our youth... This, this is what <laughs> they're doing. Yeah, so it's a Kia Sportage SUV. Hang on, wait, they're posting videos of themselves on TikTok. Yeah. Stealing cars? Yeah. Do they understand, like, that that's... Grand Theft Auto? Got it. Wait a minute. One thing I'd feel much better about the youth, do they they at least wear masks? Uh, I mean, they're... They're posting on their own TikTok accounts. I feel like most of them probably don't show their faces. Okay. That's a good start. Maybe. But it's on their... Their own TikTok. The video exists. Yeah, but this also this is a prosecutor's dream. But also, Kia has done nothing. Like the Kia Sportage SUV, it's just super susceptible to getting like 
what's it called where you like hot, hot wired? Yeah. So yeah. you just plug in a USB and the car's hot wired pretty much. What in the and Kia's world? Done nothing what is going to on with our youth stuff? I am very worried. I'm judging with you. I'm with you. I'm no, I knew that was worried. the perfect is, one to start off wait, with. So, so you just plug in a USB. And, and I think Glenn and I agree. Like, and then the cars we're, not, we're not as upset that they're teaching people how to carjack. It's that they're teaching it with. They're, with the proof right they're on posting it. They're posting they're it. They're posting it on Twitter. I'm actually starting maybe to think this defense, is all a setup by the cops. Maybe their defense is we were just kidding. Right, we yeah, were just right. kidding. Oh, we were just we doing, were doing it just on doing our the car. Kia challenge. Right, That's right. all it was. Also, like, TikTok has come out and said they don't condone that behavior. I mean, uh, that's really nice. Underage yeah. GTA. How old are the people that run TikTok? Yeah, right. Twenty three. We just want you guys to know we're not okay with this. Are you yeah. taking it down? No. No, 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 we're just we, letting you know we don't, we don't support it. Right. We don't support the Kia Challenge. I just learned what the Target Challenge was recently. Did you ever do the Target Challenge with your girlfriend? I don't Micah? know if I know the Target Challenge. The Target Date Night Challenge. Uh, you grab your significant other or a partner. And go to Target. Go to Target. Pick and up. Steal stuff. You, you create. No, no, no. I don't think you steal anything. In a stolen Kia. You, you agree to a budget. In a, in a stolen Kia. Yes, correct. You right. agree to a budget and right. you pick up these items on the shopping list and surprise each other. With your gifts. One, their favorite snack, their favorite drink, uh, something of their favorite color, something they need, something that reminds you of them, something you want them to try, something you need for the house. And then, like, it's who did better. Who did better with the budget? This is a date night at Target. Wouldn't it be better uh, as the Royal Farms Target? Um, uh, five, uh, five minutes. We'll talk to Sean Salisbury. Absolutely. Would it be better at the Royal Farms Challenge? Yeah, yeah, I like that a I lot like better. That a I, lot. I agree. Yeah. All right, Micah, what's next? All right, so next we have – I know we talked about Kanye last week, but – I'm good with never never talking about him again. He has had a historically bad week this week. So after his comments and being banned from Twitter, Instagram, like all the social medias, his net worth this week has gone from an estimated $2 billion to an estimated $400 million. He got dropped by Balenciaga, Yeezy, Foot Locker. Um, his school shut down, which has – three top 50 high school basketball players in the nation. So their school's just gone now, and they have to find a new place to go, and he's just... I think the basketball players will be okay. I think there'll be a few yeah. schools that might no, be willing I to pick them definitely. up. Yeah. But he, he also, after getting dropped by Adidas, he walked into Skechers HQ trying to get them to pick up Yeezy, and they immediately escorted him out by good. security. So Good. Things are not looking too good for Ye. Good. Oh, but he did officially post that he parted, he parted ways with Kanye West. Yay and Kanye. Are. Who gives a rat's ass? Um, I am. I, the only thing I have a problem with this is when people like attempt to make themselves seem smarter by being like, you know, well, well, you can say, stop. This is this is well deserved. This yeah. is well deserved. Yeah. You don't get to say these things. Now, I have heard the argument. I wish, I wish that we would have canceled him when he said slavery was a choice. I wish yeah. that in hindsight we would have said then enough enough with this dude um and i agree with that but at least we're getting to it now and we're understanding there's no reason to continue to give this man man any sort of platform he has nothing to offer to society he is a he's vile he is a vile disgusting human being yeah and a 1.6 billion drop in net worth is a good start. yeah I, I i'm all i'm in favor of it continuing yeah. to he's getting closer to what his true worth as a human being is yes. he's a lot closer to it today than he was about two Fact. weeks ago. Fact. Yeah. Nothing to offer society. Yeah. Get the F yeah. out of here. I am I am completely in favor and continue to stand 
Uh, I, I know, Stan, I am not Jewish, but continue to stand with my friends. Uh, like and you I'll just are. tell you, ser- all seriousness, he's mentally ill in yeah. addition to being a vile person. And Kim Kardashian, I know she's got plenty of money. She ought to have security around her and her I, kids. I don't disagree with that. This I guy's don't. a bad, bad dude. I don't disagree. All right, number three. Uh, number three, we have yesterday, officially, the Twitter acquisition has gone through. So Elon Musk, even though he's more your generation or in between your generations, um, it's definitely a big thing for youth that Twitter is being taken over. He's taking the company private. Um, and, yeah, so he bought – he acquired Twitter for a cash buyout of $44 billion. I'm in a I'm in a weird place with this, right? Where, I, look, I'm I think there's a lot of nervousness and apprehension about what it means for Twitter. I know there's a lot being made about does this mean that Donald Trump is coming back to Twitter, for example, right? Like I, I, I don't really have any interest in having those conversations right now. I I thought the statement he made was was good where he said like we can't let Twitter become a free for all hellscape. Like there still has to be rules and there still has to be regulations in place and so like at least there's some amount of understanding of like hey to just keep railing about free speech free speech free speech you don't understand what free speech is there are consequences for the responsibilities that come exactly right i do like he also said that he wants so like the algorithm is like a big thing that people talk about like on social media is like what gets shown a lot and what doesn't like what gets a lot of engagement and what doesn't um and he said he wants all the algorithms for like his new version of Twitter to be like open source, so like people have more of a say. Well, in theory, people have more of a say and like are more aware of what's going on instead of just being like shut off from getting views or like one thing gets pushed a lot, which I, seems like a good thing. Yeah, but will it happen? Right, correct. And and what will they choose to prioritize and building a new? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm. My my guess is it's not going to be dramatically different. Yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. I do think that it will not surprise me if Donald Trump ends up back on Twitter at some point. And that's I, – I, there's been a lot of push this week that, like, some of the biggest advertisers involved with Twitter have said that will be our breaking point. Like, yeah. Like, we'll stay on board, but that would be our breaking point. It will be interesting to see because if you're Elon Musk and you're, you know – you're the richest man on the planet. You, he might be inclined to say, you know, the hell with you. I don't care. Right? Yeah. Like it's not all that important to me. But I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not comfortable with Elon Musk being a singular governor. Yeah, of, I was gonna say anything. I'm I don't not, care for that. I'm not Elon's biggest fan, but I know a lot of people in my generation oh, are adore the guy. Obsessed right. with yeah. Elon. He's Musk. a br- he's a brilliant guy. There's no question about it. But after w- what you know, I'm somebody that remembers with Donald Trump appeared to be like as early as like 1975. Yeah, I, I don't remember, remember reading that. about him in the New York Post Daily News and what he's become. You could see 15 years from now, maybe even 10, Musk being a very dangerous person just as much as he's a positive I mean, force. Anyone with that much money. Right, that doesn't have to face is, consequences. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets to live in a way yeah. that is, if there's no consequences for my actions, then why why choose the, the, the greater good? Why yeah. choose um, the benefit for society, right? Like, I, you know, I, I hope, I hope, I think we all find Twitter to be mostly a good thing. I mean, I think we all find there to be quite a few perils involved. But I hope that Twitter continues to be a place where we're going to want to go. All right, that's Young Utes for this week. Thank you, Micah. Solid job with that. Thank you.
We will get back to um, – we're going to talk both some football and some World Series with our next guest. He is one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. This man has been good to me and good to everyone in this business for a very long time. He also happens to be damn good at what he does. He's never done a damn thing for me. Well, you know – because I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, in fairness, he said some things. <laughs> he said a few things. Don't start that. Yeah, right. It's not, a, it's not a Tarico thing, yeah. though. Um, love this guy so much. Now with the Sports Talk 790 down in Houston, he is our friend and former NFL quarterback, Mr. Sean Salisbury. He's back with us on GCR. Sean, it's Glenn. It's so great to catch up with you, buddy. I want to introduce you to my friend Stan the Fan Charles, longtime radio host here in Baltimore. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, uh, it's great to be on with you. I know who Stan is. And Stan, give me a minute. I'll do something for you. I'll do something for you. Something good, brother. I got you. I'll bet you will. Hey, man. Uh, there you go. So great to catch up with you. I want to talk some Ravens with you, but can you just paint the picture for me right now as you guys are getting ready for game one down there? Um, this is the best team in baseball. It's a team that just keeps getting better. Their bullpen's now the most dominant. Um, I know there have been some disappointments in recent years, but how confident are Astros fans going into the World Series? Very. And, you know, Glenn, it's, it's, it's odd. Now, I don't know if this sounds arrogant but or is. Maybe it is and it's swagger, but it's not. You know, the young Astros, that when they first got the World Series, you know, mean mugging in the dugout with the camera, which is fine. It's almost a more calm confidence where they, and I'm telling you this not only with fans but players, they expected to be here. They've expected, now they put all the time in, which helped, but they expected to be there. And their bullpen and their starting pitching, for the most part, other than a few missed starts, has not faltered the entire season. You know, I could Steve Sparks, who does the games for us on the, on the radio and a former uh, pitcher, we were talking and he comes on every week on my show and all year long, we kept saying, okay, well, we can't expect this trend. You know, when the hitters were like, when Bregman was slumping, we can't expect the trend of these pitchers to struggle this long uh, for a long, I mean, to be this good, this long all season long, they're going to struggle somewhere. And they never did. They never went through the lull of a nine game losing streak where the bullpen and starting pitching just let them down. They're dominant once they're starters. They're dom- I mean, to the point where Keedy and Garcia can't get a start. And one won 13 games, one won 14 or 15 games coming out. And, and now they're both in the bullpen. So, yeah, they've been spectacular. Now Bregman's raking, but they expected to be here, not taken for granted expected, but the roster's been that good. And the window's not anywhere near closing with the young players like Pena and Alvarez. And they expect to win this series. And I think pitching could be the difference because. The bullpens, I think it's a heavy advantage to the Astros. How do you explain, Sean, that Verlander, uh, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, his struggles in World Series play, I think his earned run average, we said, was over five. Uh, can, Can you sort of, because you were a performer on the big stage in sports, what what could that what could that possibly be about? That's a great great question, Stan. We were discussing it this morning, and I. And Verlander even answered to that of, you know what, he, he, while it's not on his mind, he wants to win a World Series. But there's no doubt when you check off MVP and Cy Young, and if he keeps pitching like this, hell, four more years, he's going to be at, you know, three more years at 300 wins, which seems now like, a, like an outlandish spot to get to the way we treat pitchers. But he's seen both eras of the way we used to and the way we do now. And he made a comment that it's not that big a deal to him. He wants to win, but... That's not the first thing on his mind, but we know how competitors are. You don't want that hovering over your head because how do we judge quarterbacks or pitchers or the Reggie Jacksons of the world? What would you do in October and November? 
So Verlander knows, and, you know, Stan, the point is, and I think a lot of us, whether it's the people who pitch that I've talked to or me who's an avid baseball fan or any of us that watch say, okay, what's missing? Is it a little bit of, you know, missed luck where you throw to Soto in a World Series and, and, and a good player beats you? Because sometimes you're going to take the L. Somebody else is just as good as you. But I don't think he's had his major stuff. And when you make a few mistakes in the playoffs and you get hurt by it, what happens? Gets magnified. People make a, yeah. a, quick, a, quick, a, a quicker decision to go to somebody else. So I don't think it's for guts. I don't think that he shrinks on a big stage because he's been good in playoffs. I just think the fact that whatever it is, he's missed hit on it. And for validation and truth while he's a Hall of Famer, I think we're all waiting for him to go pitch a gem in a World Series where we say, oh, okay, that clutch DNA in the postseason in the World Series, he's got that too. And we are waiting for it. I think he is too. Hey, it's Sean Salisbury. He's with us here on GCR. Sean, one more for you about the World Series. Um, you know, Trey Mancini is one of the most beloved figures in Baltimore, and you know, we, we, we couldn't be rooting more for the guy as a human being. I know it's been a difficult postseason for him, What's been the fit? How has it worked with Trey Mancini in Houston? Do you think that he's somebody they'd like to bring back uh, in the offseason? What has that looked like uh, for our guy, Trey? He was, he was welcomed here with open arms. I love him, too. Anybody that overcomes what he's overcome to just be playing alive and then playing, love him. And I think people know what he meant to Baltimore and that he's a good player. Well, they're counting on him now whether he's the full-time DH, whether he has a spot in left field at times, whether he shares it with the lead Diaz, they're counting on him. He feels like the guy. Now, it's not going to be every day he's in the lineup, but I, he feels like the guy that in, in Houston, somebody misses, he hits one into the Crawford boxes in left field and changes the game. The people here love him. Now, his performance hasn't been what he's wanted, but I don't think it, it's not one of those where we're like, oh, you, gotta, you, you can't keep him on the roster, you can't play him. I don't think that's the case. I think there's a respectful admiration for him. And, and I know he didn't want anybody to feel sorry for him. It's not like people are saying, oh, put him in just because he's Trey Mancini. They expect him to come through and hit, and that's why they brought him here. And he's had his moments, and he feels like the type of guy to me who will cherish the moment so big. Don't be shocked if he comes through with a couple clutch hits in the DH role. We love him here. I am a diehard fan of him and his, and his uh, you know, his story and what he's all about. Houston loves him. Now, as far as the future goes, who knows? Right. Because we still don't even know who the GM's going to be, if James mm. Click is coming back with a new contract or not. Mm. So I'm a big Mancini fan, and I think this, this city um, – has absorbed what he means to baseball and what he's done and what he's overcome. He is one of the truly great people that we have ever gotten to know. He is remarkable. Love right. it. Uh, Love Sean, it. I know you got to get up early in the morning. I don't. Did we, were you able to, st- to stay up and watch the entirety of the second half last night? Uh, I watched, for the most part, all of it. What I, I actually missed the, the second quarter. I had it on tape, so I missed that quarter. But what I didn't do is, uh, is miss the end. And... It's time now, a couple of weeks in a row, that we've seen Baltimore close out games, yeah. which has been a problem for them, obviously, early. So, early or not, there's certain games I won't miss, and that's too good a, too good a normally too good a quarterback matchup to miss out on. Um, what did you make of the, the strategy last night where they came out throwing the ball in the first half? They, Lamar threw the ball 30 times in the first half. Yeah. It looked like a mess. In the second half, to me, they looked like a Greg Roman offense. And what it is that, you know, yeah. whatever you complain, people around here complain about Greg Roman, that's what Greg Roman offenses can do. 
does it seem like that should be their answer moving forward? Hey, this is who you're supposed to be, and if you can do it, you got a chance to be really good. Yeah, and I think sometimes, to me, great coordinators, Glenn, they, while you have your plan going, and we know what the MO and identity of Baltimore wants to be, right? Just what you said, second half of what Greg Roman was doing, and I think that's the identity they want to be. But you also, good coordinators, and telling this to your fans that listen or watch, also have no problem adjusting to what you see with maybe a perceived weakness with the injuries in the secondary. So I, I get it a little bit. I know what they want to do. You always want to do what you do staple-wise. But in that game, we're talking about a fourth and fifth corner. You've got injuries on defense. You've got a, a different game plan. And it, a lot of times you want to pound them the Ravens way, run it, run it, run it, mix in the throw, mix in the RPO, get Lamar on the edge. But every now and again, it's okay to, to flip it. Say we're going to come out, spread them out, stretch it a little bit, and then come back and do what we do in the second half. So I understood the game plan considering I don't think in the NFL when we see a weakness or an injury that we attack it enough. I've never understood why when you see a guy off coverage, you know, guys playing 10 yards off and it's your fourth corner and you throw and get a completion and then you don't see it again. I'm not just talking about Baltimore. I'm talking about anybody. Why we don't go back to success on a regular basis. So I understood the game plan. A second, second half is more what they do, but I do get why they went after Tampa that way because Tampa's got a good defense, but the weakness going into that game last night, at least perceived, was the depth in their secondary, and it ended up working to them for perfection, and their defense came up with a few stops. But every now and then you got to do it, and I'll tell you what else it shows. When I look at the glass half full, it shows that they don't have a problem putting the ball in Lamar's hand and throwing it 30, 35 times a game. And uh, if I'm them, I would have already paid him. You cannot let that guy walk or you're in trouble. Um, last night, watching the uh, game on Amazon, after the game, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, didn't mince words, said that the Buccaneers right now are pretty much a broken team, or at least the offense is By the is way, broken. it's official this morning. Giselle has fired, filed for divorce. So okay. You know, add, that to the, add that to the fire. Yeah. My my question, my question was, what do you think of Tom Brady's decision to come back and play at this point in time? Hindsight being what it is, Sean. I have no. I I didn't think he was going to retire. When he did, I, I the guys I've been retire left no doubt because you guys know this watching athletes, and I can tell you this: the toughest thing to do is when you've been doing something so great for so long. And, you, and it's what you've known your whole life. And he threw for 5,400 yards and 40-plus touchdowns last year. <laughs> he was playing it at, at an MVP level. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if Todd Bowles and that secondary play better coverage and don't put Cooper Cup on a safety, they win that game. And I guarantee you they're beating the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, and they're back in a Super Bowl. So for me, I had no problem with him coming back now. And the fact that when he, when he didn't fully retire and give us the no-brainer, I'm done, I'm walking away. When he left the door open, that tells me mentally he wasn't ready to walk. Whatever reason why, whatever decision he made, listen, I feel horrible. I don't wish divorce or yeah. this on anybody. Anybody yeah. that roots for that is just an ass clown, right? Right. Who, who knows? But if, if Tom's been able to compartmentalize distractions and controversies his whole life. And then when he hits the field, be it his best. This is different. It's tough. It's family. He's 45 years old. He's got teammates that he's been, they've been injured. And maybe we've gotten to the point where Tom 
can't carry a team by himself on his back anymore offensively, and that's what it looks like. They yeah. look slow. Yeah. They drop balls. So I had no problem with him coming back, and far be it for me, even knowing how tough it is to walk away from something you love and when you're great at it, because once you walk away three years out, you ain't, you ain't going back. And if you do, you ain't going to be very good at it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Sean, I don't know if, you, if we lost you. Yeah. Sean, you there? No, no. The division, because that's a putrid division. Okay, Sean, hey, real quick before I let you go, if I could, uh, Brandon Cooks. The Ravens might very well still be in the market for a receiver at the trade deadline. Um, is there a possibility? Would Brandon Cooks make sense? Could he be in play? What would something like that cost? In play, yes. I talked to an insider today that they said it's kind of been squelched, but to me, they're looking for assets. He, they have not got him overly involved this year. I love him. Um, if the Baltimore Ravens were wise and wanted to take their game to another level, he's the perfect guy to come in and be a pro and elevate. If you gave him a third rounder, I don't know how they could turn it down. I don't because mm. he's been consistent. Hmm. But we'll see if they're up to it. But I would make that phone call if I was Baltimore, if I was Tennessee, if I was Tampa Bay. There's a few teams that should make that call, Baltimore being at the top of the list to give Lamar another weapon. At Sean Unfiltered on Twitter is how you follow him. Brother, I truly love you. Always appreciate taking the time, man. You are the best. Nice to meet you, Sean. Anytime. Love you, love you too, brother. Hey, Stan, nice to meet you. I look forward to talking to you guys again. All right. Sean Unfiltered on Twitter at Sean Salisbury joining us here on GCR from down in Houston. One of the best. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular to wind down. And then Jalen Smith, we will spend some uh, time with the Baltimore native and former Terp as uh, he's back in the area as the Pacers take on the Wizards tonight. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college park and how he plans to get the program turned around also inside we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area and bo smoker profiles ravens receiver devin duvernay press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with PressBox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests and, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. (laughs) 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Winding down for a Friday edition of show and for the week, Paul has a question for you, Stan. He wants to know, uh, yes, do, you, do you think Trey Turner would be out of the Orioles' price and shopping range this yes. offseason? <laughs> in a word, I, yes. I agree, unfortunately. I'd, I'd love for that to be the case, uh, but I do tend to agree that that is shooting. And they also have a guy that they're, they're hoping will be sort of like the next level of Trey Turner. It still feels Jackson. like everybody's trying to push Carlos Correa and the connection. And now I'm talking I, about Jackson. Oh, I know. Holiday. I understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying I still feel like there is, even on the national level, there are more and more pundits that won't shake the, but Mike Elias loves Carlos Correa thing. And if there's the opportunity to spend that money, he'll do it. And in a way, like if there is some bizarre world where they're spend, willing to spend Boku amounts of money on a player, I would probably think it would be more likely for it to be Correa than for it to be Turner because of that. But I, I still, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see I it. I don't see it. I don't see it. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Best place to watch and bet on sports is the FanDuel Sportsbook. Same game parlay plus betting now available. You can put both teams in a game, in a same-game parlay, and up to 25 items on your same-game parlay ticket. Go right now to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Events at SportsSocialMD.com is the website if you want to reserve your spot. With the Ravens not playing on Sunday, great time for you to just go camp out in the FanDuel Sportsbook from kickoff, which, by the way, is at 9.30 a.m. or is it 9.30 or 9 a.m.? Yeah, 9.30. 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning over in London through Sunday night football. Just 14 straight hours of football. Hang out, watch, bet, win money. It sounds like a glorious day. Reserve your spot. Events at sportssocialmd.com. What you got? All right. So yesterday, uh, Silver Slugger finalists were announced, and uh, two uh, Orioles. Of course, yesterday also, uh, Stanley, uh, Brandon Hyde was named the Sporting mm, News yes. Manager of the Year. We talked about that briefly. It's say. Be, be clear, that's not the official right, Manager right. of the Year award, but it is no, no question a significant honor. Yep. Alongside uh, Buck Walter of the National League. That's right, which yeah, is, which is really cool. Which is really yeah. cool, yeah. Um, so Adley Rushman and... So uh, the last two Orioles managers have both named yep, manager, manager of the Year. Manager. Correct. Uh, Adley and Anthony Santander were the two Orioles named to be Silver Slugger uh, finalists. 
so uh, with them being finalists, they now have a chance to join 12 other Orioles uh, who won a Silver Slugger Award. Stan, Glenn? I don't know when the Silver Slugger started. Started in 1980. Started in 1980. So uh, I'm going to say Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray, yes. Cal Ripken. Correct. Those are two pretty good guesses. I'm going to say Brady Anderson. Brady Anderson never won it. How in the world did Brady Anderson hit 50 home runs and not win? Albert Bell? Uh, Albert Bell, not not on here. Not on there. Not as an Oriole, maybe. Uh, Um, uh, Ken Singleton. Uh, not Ken Singleton. That, you, you named the two guys Chris, from the 80s. Chris Davis. So, uh, yes, Chris Davis won it in 2013. Rafael Palmero. Palmero won it in 1998. Uh, Manny Machado. Manny Machado never won it. Okay. For the Orioles. Uh, um, Miguel Tejada. Yes, Miguel Tejada yeah, in 04 and 05. Chris Hoyles? Not Hoyles. How about Matt Wieters? Not Matt Wieters. Okay. Matt Wieters did not. Two bad catching guesses. Yeah, right. Uh, what about uh, – There is a catcher on What about us? Cedric yeah, Mullins? 30-30. How about Cedric Mullins? Not Cedric no. Mullins. Cedric Mullins didn't, didn't win it. Didn't win it? I know. Who did they have when they had – Bobby Bonilla. Not Bobby no, Bonilla. Was a, he wouldn't have won it. How many? We're still missing six? We're still missing six We guys. only have five guys so far? And there's still six more on the list? And it didn't start until 1980. Should be seven, one, two. Yeah, it didn't start until 1980. And you ha- named every guy, every guy left here is 19, mid-90s. And, Mid-90s. And Roberto Alomar. Yep, Roberto Alomar, 96. Um, Eric Davis? Yeah, five left. Uh, six left, actually. Oh, there is one more guy from the 80s. I'm sorry, I missed one more guy. from. Not Eric Davis. Not Eric Davis. Davis. There's a catcher. Rick Dempsey? No. Who else was it? Late 80s, very late 80s. Mickey Tattleton. Mm-hmm. Mickey Tattleton in 89. That's a good one. All right. Everybody else is from the 90s, you said? Everyone else is from the 2000s and on, actually. From the 2000s and on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we know it wasn't Sammy Javi Sosa. Javi Lopez. Not Sammy Sosa or Vladimir Guerrero. Or Jim Tome. Adam Jones. Yes, Adam, Adam Jones, Jones, one of uh, three. Brian Roberts. To win it in 2013. Nick Markakis? Not Markakis. And not Roberts? Not Roberts, yeah. Who the hell are we missing? <laughs> one guy I don't think you'll. Well, I mean, you'll you get Who him. Who the but. hell? Uh, so there's a guy from 04, 08, another guy from 13, and 2016. 2016, Silver, sl- Jonathan Scope? Not Scope. I believe it was, it was his first year with uh, the Orioles in 2016. Or second year. Mark Trumbo? Mark Trumbo. Mark Trumbo won a Silver Slugger Award? Yep. 20, he was the most recent Oriole to do it. J.J. Uh, Hardy? J.J. Hardy in 2013. That's a good guess. Nelson Cruz, two left. Not Nelson, Nelson Cruz. Cruz. Not Nelson Cruz. All right, what years are we talking about? We're talking 2008 and 2004. One of them won it as a DH. Melvin Mora. Yep, Melvin Mora in 04 as third baseman. 2008 designated hitter. 2008 designated hitter. One of the few Orioles to hit a cycle. Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff. Huff was a silver slug. God, yeah. so gross. Oh, it's so gross. Man, I would have liked to have blocked that out forever if Not possible. Not quite as bad as ye, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, these is of that ilk. Yeah. Of that ilk. Ugh. All right, uh, Tubular brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado <laughs> Grill. I don't have it. It's not, I don't have a single positive word to say. Ginsugrills.com um, is the website. I not, got about, lots, not about Ginsu yeah, Grills. lots yeah. of positive <laughs> words to say about Ginsu Grills. They're amazing. Perfect ceramic. The exact uh, opposite of exactly Aubrey Huff right. of Grills. What, what the, that, thank you. I couldn't have said it better. 
a perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for grilling, smoking, baking, searing, all kinds of food. And again, use the code tailgate at ginsugrills.com. You'll save $100 on your order. Game one tonight of the World Series. All of the World Series games are on Linear Fox. Phillies, Astros, 8 o'clock tonight. Austin Nola, or I said Austin Nola. Yeah, Aaron Nola. They're probably not going to let Austin pitch for the Phillies in the World Series. Aaron Nola against Justin Verlander. But they may tonight. let him catch. There's a rumor. I going don't around. think that they're going to pull petition. that off. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to pull that off. Uh, game two is tomorrow night at Zach Wheeler. Who's pitching for um, Houston tomorrow night? They actually. I'm guessing it's Framber Valdez. I don't know why they haven't made that official yet. Yeah, but, um, but it's got to be. Framber I assume Valdez. that's the case. Um, obviously, college football. Maryland is off this weekend. Navy will host Temple tomorrow at 3:30 on CBS Sports Network. Towson's at Monmouth. Morgan hosts South Carolina State. The football games will get locally on Sunday. CBS Steelers-Eagles at 1 o'clock. Fox Bears-Cowboys at 1 o'clock. Big one Sunday afternoon. One game available locally on Sunday afternoon. You're not going to want to leave your couch. Commanders-Colts. That's your football Taylor viewing Heineke, option. Taylor Heineke, Sam Ellinger. I mean, God, that if you are local, fireworks. you don't have a red zone or you don't have the, the ticket. That's what you get. 425 on Fox. Commanders, Colts. Sunday night game, of course, Packers, Bills, 815 on NBC. And then Sunday morning on ESPN Plus, Broncos, Jaguars at 930 a.m. Everything else, including the stupid Jake Paul, Anderson Silva thing, find at GlennClarkRadio.com. Do you know anything about this quarterback playing for the Colts? Sam Ellinger? I know he went to Texas. Yeah, went That's to the Texas. list of things. He's more mobile than Matt Ryan, that's for sure. He never won a Silver Slugger award. No, to my knowledge, never won a Silver Slugger award. But we're learning all sorts of crazy things He won a bowl game, I think. Uh, Yeah, because he said, we're back. But he didn't beat Maryland. No, he did not beat Maryland. That did not happen. Uh, Chuba Hubbard just got ruled out for Sunday. Oh, damn it. I know. We're getting denied the opportunity to watch (laughs) the greatest running back of all time. Big Chuba Hubbard chair. Yeah, we've done it. We've gone really in on Chuba. Um, non-sports. So on ABC, there's a Matthew Perry interview. Apparently, he hates Keanu Reeves. He what does? is that? Really? Have you not seen that this week? No. No. He's angry that all of the people Maybe that he he's confused and thinks Keanu Reeves is Kanye. Uh, Kanye he's Kanye West. West. I swear to. It's the weirdest. There's like all these excerpts from his book coming out. They're like, yeah. Why is Why is River Phoenix dead and Chris Farley dead and Keanu Reeves gets to live? Like. Dude, what the? Well, Keanu Reeves seems like a decent guy. He's like opening up about his addiction. Yeah, but like, what a weird bit. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's 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 odd. So he's got a whole all right, whatever. special I wonder ABC what or something. Matthew Perry thinks of Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard, exactly right. <laughs> Maybe they'll get to the bottom of that on um, ABC. We all know there's a new episode of The Peripheral because Amazon was pushing it down our throats mm, last night. Uh, season six of Big Mouth comes uh, out on Netflix. I do like, I do like that. Yes. Um, Drink Masters, which is a new, it actually seems kind of cool on Netflix as well. They're, so 12 of the world's most innovative mixologists will compete to make exciting uh, drinks. Not, not, the Glenn Clark will not my, be participating. My favorite comment, thanks, my no favorite, thanks. my favorite comment on this was that somebody was like, I can't wait for, uh, for, for Drink Masters Jr. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, and then there's a. A new uh, World War One movie uh, called All Quiet on the Western Front. Well, I guess it's not it's not a remake, but there, there there's a new All Quiet <laughs> on the Western Front on Netflix, which looks like looks what do you mean well it's not done. a remake? Is it a different film that they just gave the same name? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. That's the all right. I don't even want it. We don't have the time. I mean, it I'm looks sorry. it looks kind of good. Like, if you say so. Like I, I like I, I enjoy okay. movies. Um, Walking Dead White Lotus season two premiere on HBO on okay. Sunday. All right, very good, very good. Next week is Black Panther, correct? Not yes. this week? Yes. Right. Yeah, I'll have to start making some plans. Take Mrs. Clark out. You see All right. Madison. 
Oh, yeah. That's, we're going to be in Madison next weekend. Stan the Fan. At Stan the Fan on Twitter. At Stan the Fan on Twitter. Next week, aiming for Shane Turner for Monday night okay. to talk a little bit of World Series, but also talk about Bruce Bochy because Shane That's is right. the vice president back in, with the Back Giants. in the game. Back in the game. Back in the and game. And excited to be. Back in the with game. the Rangers. Excellent, excellent choice by the Rangers. I told you uh, my Bruce Bochy story. He would not, when I was stringing in Arizona and I had to go do the post game and sent for the Giants, I walked into the, because he did his, his scrum in his office. It wasn't oh, a press conference. To have he, a said, beer. he said, if you're going to be in here, you're going to have to have a beer with me. <laughs> I looked at him. I'm like, okay. really? And he said, yeah, if you want to be in my office, you got to have a beer with me. And I said, Darn. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I guess. And so he went to the little fridge he had in the office. He handed me a beer, and I sat there and had a beer with Bruce Bochy. And so, uh, I was That's 23 years story. old. That's it was neat. Story. It was neat. I, and, and next Wednesday night, it'll be on again on Wednesday. Sarah Ellison, yeah. formerly of Ravens.com. Uh, the Vault, and, I believe, is her and, podcast. Uh, yep. 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 Very so. good. Uh, and you'll be on with the boys tomorrow morning on the bat around, correct? That is correct. Talking uh, World Series with Paul and Zach tomorrow morning. Those guys will be on and 10 I'll to be noon. putting forth my uh, Jesus Lazardo I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. I want to yeah. make that abundantly clear. I ain't fighting you about it. I am not opposed to it whatsoever. Very good. Thank you, sir. Always good to see you. Appreciate you. We will see, see you, you next boys, Friday. All right. I uh, want to thank today uh, Sean Salisbury, also Bo Smolka, and you're about to hear from Jalen Smith. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Don't forget this Monday is our big college basketball preview show. Patrick Stevens will be here. We are kicking things off early, 9 a.m. on Monday. Uh, Pat Scary will join us in the studio. Tavares Hardy from Loyola will join us in the studio. Kevin Brodus. Is my mic still on? Yes. Uh, any, uh, any possibility that Pat Scary's on because it's Halloween? Oh, that did time out well, didn't yeah, it? I didn't so even scary. think about it. I didn't you know. even. All right. All right. All right. Uh, it's time for me to go. Yeah. <laughs> and the other area coaches will be joining us as well uh, during the course of Monday's show. So we'll be doing a very special college basketball preview show this Monday starting at 9 a.m. Hope that you will join us for that. Thanks to, oh, Micah, you're on Instagram at Micah.Ernest, correct? Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, of course, you can follow Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. We might have to, uh, Micah, Griffin was unwilling to um, put himself out there for uh, uh, old, uh, uh, drove old Dixie down. Right? Should we do it for him? I think that maybe we try to carve up last week's segment and we try to push to 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 say hey look i have no problems this is a, tagging this is a good young man a national champion someone who is willing to take you out to a nice nice night in westminster if you're up for it like i just feel like maybe we should step in a little yeah bit. i think uh, that's definitely the next step appreciate it thank you very much uh thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners including the baltimore county police department where i'm gonna be tomorrow morning uh. attempting to do an agility test I uh, attempted to do. Got it. You I got attempted it. to do as soon as I finished my crunches this morning. Again, the crunches no problem. But I said I need to do some push-ups. I haven't done push-ups in a long time. I got ten in, and I said, "Ooh, we." Got How many it. do you have to get? I don't even remember, but it's more than ten, right. and I had a problem with more than ten this morning. Yeah. And I did it right after my sit, my crunches. So that's maybe, what it was. May, yeah, I think that's. Otherwise, I would be killing yeah. it, right? I'd be just your chest it. was you're, tired you're, from yeah. the crunches. Exactly right. Uh, I'll be there tomorrow morning. We'll have some video for you. Thanks also to Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Acostas Inn. Uh, Guilford Hall Brewery, Grade 8's memorabilia of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. 
Have a great weekend. Go local teams, Navy football, all the local uh, football soccer teams that are playing this weekend. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrap up today's show. Jalen Smith, before he's back in the area tonight, right here on GCR. Well, it's always a pleasure to catch up with our next guest, and he is having a hell of a start to his season with the Indiana Pacers. And tonight on national TV, he's back in the area as they take on the Washington Wizards. It is a pleasure to welcome back to the program the pride of Mount St. Joe and the University of Maryland. Sticks himself, Jalen Smith, is with us on GCR. Jalen, it's Glenn. So great to chat with you again, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Oh, I appreciate you for having me. And, man, when you're back in this area, obviously, you're right down the street from College Park. You're still not that far away from home. Like, do you get to enjoy yourself at all? Do you get to spend any time with anybody? Or, like, is, does work prevent you from being able to, like, get some joy from being back in Maryland to the area for a couple of days? Uh, Not really. I mean, I usually connect with everybody once I get back. But, I mean, obviously, but the NBA, you get back so late in the day, and then everybody has to work. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to catch up with everybody, but I still send everybody a text and say hello here and there. That's cool. I saw you got to spend some time with Bino the other night. He came to your game uh, in Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, how cool was that, man? I know how much that man has meant to you in your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean obviously, Bino's in DePaul now. So, uh, he he connected with me, and we decided to go out for a little, a little night out and then Pretty much, he came to the game, and it was it was an amazing experience. Because I mean, obviously, Bino had Bino has had a major impact on my my basketball career, and just him being from Baltimore, me and being from Baltimore is even more of a connection there. And pretty much, I I owe almost everything that I've accomplished so far to to him. Wow, man, that's powerful, dude. You know, I love that guy. That's awesome to hear you say yeah. that. Um, uh, Jalen clearly a hell of a start to the season, averaging roughly a double double so far. I know. When you arrived in Indiana last year, things really started to kick into gear. And I think we saw that, um, you and I have talked before, I happen to be a big Suns fan, so this is a little bittersweet for me. Um, <laughs> but but even when, when DeAndre was out last year, we saw you really thrive, moving into a more prominent role. How good have you felt, not just being in a place where clearly they wanted you, they made the move to get you, they rewarded you, um, but that they believe in you as much as clearly they do in Indiana? Oh, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, it's always an amazing thing to be at a place that you wanted. Not saying that Phoenix didn't want me, you know. Phoenix, it was it was a great organization. I was close with everybody there. Everybody loved me. I loved everybody. It was just a tough rotation to crack for as a young kid coming into the league, you know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Indiana just gave me the opportunity to flourish, and I feel as though that this, that was the perfect situation for me and just being able to go out there and showcase myself. Did you have to go through any, like, self-doubt or any, you know, fr- I don't know, frustration, whatever it might be? Were, were you the type that was capable when it wasn't clicking early on in Phoenix and you weren't, I, not clicking is the wrong way of saying it, when you weren't getting that opportunity, were you able to comfortably say, hey, I know as soon as I get my chance, I'm going to be fine? Or did you go through any sort of feelings of discomfort or doubt or anything like that? I mean, no. I mean, obviously there's still there's frustration there. You know, obviously you just want to go out there and just play especially as a young, as a rookie coming into the NBA, you want to prove yourself right out the break. But at the end of the day, everything doesn't work out that way, you know. And that was one thing that they preached to me there was be ready at any point in time because your number can be called. And then being a professional, you have to be ready to perform. And, I mean, it was, it was never no self-doubt because I knew, I knew what type of player I am. I knew what I'm capable of. And I wouldn't have been in the NBA if I wasn't capable of 
of doing what I knew I could do. So, I mean, it was just a matter of just waiting waiting my time and being patient and just staying ready. Working out okay for you. Jalen Smith with, with us tonight, Pacers-Wizards down in D.C., um, Jalen, obviously you're now in this place. You're showing people what you can do. Have Have you felt like your game has even improved, or you know, is, is, this is just who you are, right? Like, has there been a, in a way where you felt like maybe you're even better than what we had seen from you collegiately um, now that you've gotten a couple years into your pro career? I mean, yeah, I, I truly do believe that I'm a lot better than what I was. I mean, that comes with being in the NBA. You know, NBA and college are two different games, and you got to adjust your game. And I feel as though that using having all that time, well, all that time of not playing and being able to work on my skills and hone in on that allowed me to improve my game a lot more, so that I was ready for whenever my time was coming. I think everybody remembers the legendary game that you guys played against Indiana a couple years ago. Um, being with the Pacers now. Were there any like Indiana fans that you've run into that maybe still like harbored some sort of grudge or something like that, or had to have you had a moment where somebody's like, "Dude, we we love you now, but kind of didn't love you when you were in college." Have you gone through any of that? Uh, no. I mean, okay. people will remind you of the situation, and they'll say they was at the game, but they'll never like go further than that. <laughs> but, I mean, pretty sure everybody, everybody remembers it, but nobody really speaks upon it. I get it. I get it. it was an intense day, man. It was. We saw a heck of an intense side of you that day. Did, did, is that that part of your game? We mentioned it's a double double, and you know, obviously, this is a, a higher level. Um, the way that you've shown that fight. Um, is that part of your game that's grown? The toughness, the tenacity that, you know, we always knew what a hell of a shooter you were going back to high school, right? Like, but the other side of it, is that something that you feel like has even grown as you've gotten to the pros? I mean, yeah, obviously, being a being a shy kid, you know, don't really express much emotion, but it's, it's just something about the competitiveness of the, of the sport of basketball that just brings it out, you know, I mean, Obviously, that was one of my that was one of my main focuses as I grew throughout my in you know, my basketball career was showing more emotion and showing more showing more toughness on the court. And I feel as though that that's just something that's that continues to improve to this day. I think it's it's paying off big time. It's paying off big time. Uh, Jalen, who's had the biggest impact on you since since you've been in the pros? Who are the guys that maybe you've leaned on, that you've learned from, that maybe you've worked out with? Who are the guys that have had the most impact on you? Um, I'd probably say, like, when I was in Phoenix, it was Chris and Jay and Book. It's and a pretty good group, by the way. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much yeah. <laughs> pretty much everybody in Phoenix, you know what I mean? Everybody there had different paths, you know. Obviously, Chris being a Hall of Famer, Book being a potential Hall of Famer, D.A., being an up-and-coming big in the league, and Jay just being an all-around winner in the league. I mean, I I pretty much had the best of both worlds uh, at Phoenix, and they all just pretty much continued to preach to me. like, you just got to continue to stay ready and continue to be a professional and continue to work because, like you said, you never know what can happen. You never know when your time can come. And that they didn't see so many people fall off uh, because they didn't want to work and things like that. And Mm -hmm. those stories helped, helped me build my character around that to prove that, like, yeah, I understand. I'm, things are not going my way right now, but I'm not going to let it affect me. That's awesome. So, I mean, they they pretty much were the, the main, I guess you could say, inspirations to helping me prove and show that I'm an NBA player. That's really cool, man. Uh, the roster that you're with now in Indianapolis, uh, dude, one of my favorite players in the world is Buddy Heald, right? Like, he's just the most entertaining yeah. dude to watch. What's it like being teammates with a guy like that? It's... 
Uh, Buddy, Buddy's a character, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, being around Buddy, he 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 is never a dull moment around Buddy. But at the end of the day, he's an extremely hard worker. You know, he's always one of the first guys in the gym and always one of the last. And just seeing the success that he has had in the, the NBA, it rubs off on everybody on the team. That's awesome, man. I love every dude. It's it, you you can't help it with that guy, right? Like he's yeah. just. <laughs> He's just such a freaking joy to watch that dude play, man. I, I can't – I don't know how to describe it. Um, uh, settling in in Indianapolis, right? Like, you're there. They've committed to you. Um, has it started to feel like home? Obviously, you know, you spent so much time in your life in this area. Has it started to feel like home to you yet? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's only like an hour and 30 away from – well, flight time away from actual home. So, I mean, it's pretty much getting settled in. Everybody's showing me tremendous love around the city, you know. And uh, hopefully I can make this my home for my rest of my career, but we'll see when that time comes. But at the end of the day right now, it, it feels amazing just all the love that everybody's showing me and, you know, just the respect that they're showing my family and, and all that. So it's, it's truly amazing. Obviously you had a hell of a coach, you know, when you were in Phoenix, but uh, Rick Carlisle, man, we're talking about a champion, right? Like we're talking about a guy that's mm-hmm. done everything. Um, what have you taken so far from being around him um, what, what did you know about him before you showed up, and what's that experience been like? Uh, I mean, pretty much, obviously, you know, with Coach Carlisle, you know, the success he's had in the league and the success he's had helping players get into the league. Like, obviously, me being a power forward, he he literally coached. Right. Um, <laughs> arguably one of the best power forwards of yeah. all time. You know, and then obviously. But hang on, is it even Christian, fair? Wait, wait, uh, is it even fair to call Dirk a power forward though? Right, like he's just a freak. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, he's just a basketball player. But right. uh, on 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 paper, he was considered one of the power forwards. So I mean, right. just knowing that uh, the success he didn't have with Bigs in this league, I mean, obviously that rubs off on me, and I try to pick his brain here and there. And then obviously him just telling me what it takes to be a, a star in this league and what it takes to, to be successful in this league, I, I truly take an ear to that because, obviously, he's literally a Hall of Fame coach, you know what I mean? Not many coaches had success that he's had as a player and as a coach. So, I mean, gotta take it, you got to take everything he says to ear. Uh, just another minute or two here with Jalen Smith as he's getting ready for a big game tonight. Jalen, um, we, we know how close you were with um, the staff at Maryland, of course, Mark Turgeon. Have you had an opportunity yet? I, I know Kevin Willard was trying to go out of his way to reach out to alums and to get guys back and, and visit in this off season. Have you had an opportunity to spend any time with him yet and get to know him? Uh, yeah, I got some time. I mean, they had like a bowling event uh, while I was in the off season, and we all was there. And I got to talk to him a lot, and I got to just pick his brain. So I mean, yeah, we we, we connected a lot. So uh, I mean, I guess he's just all you can really say is we we. Uh, I haven't really got to know him yet, but sure. we, we've connected a lot of times. Do, do, can you appreciate the effort that he's put into trying to to connect with everybody and to keep everybody um, involved with Maryland basketball? Oh uh, yeah, I mean definitely that. I mean obviously he's connecting with all the guys that Coach Turgeon has coached. I mean obviously with Coach Turgeon being out, it's, it's a tough thing. So usually when the coaches leave, players kind of kind of get further away from the yeah. program, but he's trying to continue to keep that link and that's something I can appreciate showing that he truly cares about what Coach Turgeon did and what he um he helped raise at Merlin. Guys like you and Kevin, look, I mean, Wiggins is having a hell of a run in Oklahoma City right now, but you guys are kind of carrying the banner for Maryland players. Do you do you still feel that same connection and that like you can be, you know, spreading the gospel of the University of Maryland for kids moving forward? 
Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, obviously, I, me coming from a different coaching situation, uh, I can speak upon that and the Merlin experience. I can't really speak much upon Kevin Willard because I sure. haven't played for him. So, but at the end of the day, I can still speak on that Merlin experience about how that culture is there and how it continues to be the same culture throughout every coach that's there, and just continuing to show that atmosphere and. The, the bright side of Merlin. Um, Jalen, yeah. man, it's it's so exciting to see you take off the way that you have um, in your new NBA home, man. You know how many people back this way are absolutely rooting like hell for you. Let me remind everybody, uh, social media, where can everybody be giving you a follow? Uh, you can give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jalen underscore Smith. Dude, we are so happy for you. You've always been incredibly good to us over the years, and the way that you care about your hometown, it means a lot, man. Continued significant success moving forward. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for having me.